Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 138, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night. If you have never seen the show before, this is our once weekly live show. We talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually Star Trek. And, uh, uh, lost my train of thought. Yeah, stuff. that's, what we, that's stuff. what we do. Yeah. We talk stuff. We talk lots of stuff. Uh, lots of stuff that I like. And if you don't like it, well, too bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> we do drink alcohol on the show. However, we do keep the content as friendly as possible in both language and content. And if you're drinking along with us, please let us know what you are drinking, either alcoholic or not. And we will give some early show shout outs as we go along. And we have one rule in chat, and that's don't be a jerk. Yes. Ah. Oh. I think that's all out of the way now. John, how's it going? <laughs> if, uh, yeah, I've been exhausted. Uh, you look on... tired. I'm tired. We've had a rough three weeks. But, um, yeah, I am I am tired. And then this heat wave came on, or I wouldn't say it's a heat wave. It's a heat wave from Oregon. No, it's 80, 90, something like that. In 67 my, in my office right now. Yeah, I was going to say, well, see where I shoot? It's called the garage. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Uh Can you pull your mic just slightly closer? Sure. It's, uh, it's having a little bit of issue picking you up. So we have RTX voice on John because uh, he has some equipment running in his, in his uh, garage right now, and I'm trying to not make all of his beer hot for him. Uh, yeah, he cares more about his beer safety than his own. There, how's that? <laughs> Much better. There we That's go. Perfect. That's perfect. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm tired as well. It's, yeah. Uh, it's been a long couple of months. It's been <laughs> a very long June in particular. Um, and, uh, man, I can't wait till July. I'll just say that much. I cannot wait till July. Uh, things should be a little bit, uh, a little bit less hectic around here. Uh, <laughs> anyway, let's get the show started off right. Uh, uh you want to do yeah, the honors first? I can't. I just didn't know. Did anyone, did anyone say what they're drinking? Uh, uh so cracking a, a, uh, enjoy by. Yeah. Enjoy. Yep. Uh, yeah. So I can go ahead go first. Do you got anything? Do you need to go grab anything or do you have, uh, I'm, I'm already set. Go for Hi, it. I'm going to go. Yeah. So I have Wayfinder and a great notion uh a collab called uh-huh. cold crush kush kush i'm assuming yeah. um <laughs> hazy i 1% so usually you know great notion does some good stuff yep they they are known for some good stuff <coughs> yeah excuse me uh, Big Big Spoon says, uh, $1.99, you look beautiful, Hops. I know. <laughs> As I'm choking on my own spit here. Ooh, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, I don't know where that came from. I was trying to uh, talk, and all of a sudden, it's just right there. Right, right there. there oh, I've at. had that happen before. I hate that. Yeah. Uh, you know what I need? I need a beer. That's what I need. Not something to wash that down. Something to wash that down. Exactly. Um, I am drinking a Cold Fire Cumulus Tropical IPA. Ooh. Um, yeah. So uh, it's a 6.5% 60 IBU, uh, hopful IPA, cloudy in all the right ways. 
Yeah, mine doesn't say IBUs. It says seven point one. So there we go. Not bad for it all. I will take that any day of the week. Definitely not clear, but it's definitely also not cloudy. Yeah. Um, you can kind of see about halfway through it. It almost looks a little red. Uh, yeah, maybe just a little bit. Oh, at least, for, at least from uh, my angle. Yeah, it's it's more of an orange, but yeah. It, it's... I, think it was your, I think it was your hand in your shirt. No, it might have been. Yeah. And then it just makes it look. Oh, okay. Actually, no. from uh, it's weird, the YouTube colorization versus... Versus what, yeah. yeah. Well, you're on a you're on a C920. They're on a, a Cinema Cam. So <laughs> I, I I trust the YouTube camera a little bit more than uh, than your feed right now, John. But uh, oh man, that is sweet, fruity. I wouldn't quite call it tropical oh. yet. Maybe like a strawberry guava is kind of what I get. Shame I didn't notice that uh, my cup states that. It even tells you like what glassware to to use. Oh, oh wow! And How many not... rules are you breaking right now? I know. <laughs> not getting the full aromatic experience of this beer. That's right. Oh no. Yep. Actually, have you ever had Cold Fire? They have a Irish red. Irish red. It is. Yes, I have. I've had their red. It's yeah, delicious. It's... Uh, Regan wants to know, John, do you have any Pepsi? I do <laughs> in my Pepsi machine. In his Pepsi machine. Thank you, Regan. <laughs> for I don't know why you. I got cherry Pepsi, but yes, I have Pepsi. And now my son constantly wants Pepsi all the time. Thanks a lot. <laughs> That's perfect. For those who don't know, uh, Regan bought uh, uh, John a twelve pack of Pepsi because he went. I've got everything in here but Pepsi. And it was just some offhand comment. And he goes, so if I send you some Pepsi, will you get it to John? And I said, yeah, I could do that. Unfortunately, he sent it like the first week of COVID and I didn't see John legit for two months. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and so eventually I did get that box over to John though. He got it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> and, I got uh, it. So, so now John has some Pepsi for his Pepsi machine. Now I have Pepsi for my Pepsi machine. And the problem is my son, which is not too bad because... Uh, I, I have a lot of whiskey or rum, so I'm like, okay, Coke and rum, Pepsi and rum with a little cherry, not too bad. But the moment I opened, like the first one to do that, my son was like, "What's that? Let me have some. Yeah. This is good. This is sugar, you know." Yeah. And then he'll just take two sips, thanks, and walk away with it. And just take two sips. Now I want a new one. I want a new <laughs> oh, one. No. Like three a day, and it only takes two sips, and they're just. It's like, um, what's that M. Night, Sh the Signs movie where the girl has all the water. It's like Pepsi cans all over our house. Mm -hmm. So if aliens invade yeah. and their weakness is Pepsi, my You're house ready. is safe. I'm you ready. are ready. I just need a, a baseball bat and need to swing. <laughs> uh, I think you missed the super chat. Uh, uh, one just came in. Uh, Scott, $5 yeah. for July. I will drink to that. Mm. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Wes West is drinking a water. Uh, Tyler's got an Oscar Goodnight's American Imperial Red Ale, 8.7%. That sounds delightful. Nice. Uh, Viable Solutions drinking an Irish Car Bomb. 
uh, uh, Skull, Barntown Brewing Elbow, or Elbrows. Elbrows. Hazy Double IPA. Uh, it kicks in as a fan of the Bobby Boucher, high-quality H2O. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, uh, Benjamin's got a Citrus Medley Mead. Uh, Desamont's got a Homemade Seltzer and Barbosa Spice Drum. Is the rum homemade or the seltzer? Uh, it says homemade seltzer and Barbarossa spice rum. So I'm assuming homemade seltzer. So yeah. maybe, uh, you know, some of your, your fancy water. CO2 yeah. water. John. Yeah, I like that. I got five gallons of that. That's right. Uh, Emil's got a uh, Brewdog Elvis juice. I've had that one. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, cracking open an LP stout from Gigantic. Uh, questionable commands. And uh, Novella Hub, Fair State Brewing Pilsner. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Got a good oh. mix out, out in the crowd today. And another super chat from Regan. Uh, he is spilling the Pepsi. He's spilling the Pepsi. <laughs> oh, he is? I don't know. He's not spilling it, no. Maybe stealing? Because yeah, it's spilling. spilling? S-P-I-E-L. I'm maybe stealing the Pepsi? <laughs> I don't know. Damn you, oh. autocorrect! <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Hit go. There's no edit. Dang it. All right. <laughs> uh, anyway. Someone's having a Modella Negra. Anyway, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Uh, four rows of small batch. Dogfish 90-minute IPA. Uh, Cigar City Brewing. Jai Alai? Jai Alai IPA? Jai Ali, Yeah, IPA. It's a really solid IPA. Okay, nice. Big Big Spoon Car Bomb. Uh, oh, and then uh, James Kelly drinking Ravenheart by Anchorage Brewing. Ooh. I love a good Anchorage Brewing. That's a good one. I just uh, I just spent quite a bit on some Anchorage beer, on a single beer. Uh, that is, that is uh, it's similar to this. It's this size. I just spent 50 bucks on a bottle. 50 bucks on a 12-er. On a 12-er. Wow. Yeah. I've... <sighs> Anchorage is one of the few breweries I would spend that on. Yeah. Uh, like, and it, like I've, not, I've done like 40 bucks for a bomber, you know, kind of thing. Well, that's where, the thing. I, bomber, I understand, right? Right. 12 ounce. <laughs> right. Like I've done 40 for a bomber. That's that's about my high dollar for a bomber. Um, I, and I've done 25 time and time again. Like, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll buy those like crazy. Um, but uh, 50 for a 12, that's even hard to share with friends like <laughs> it is i i did i will admit i purposely bought it because i have family coming in later in like uh in august mm -hmm. and it's gonna be one of those like okay everyone get around everyone gets an ounce and a half yeah it gets a four like four seven nine four eight on, on untapped wow double double barrel aged uh for two years so one year that's so barrel aged once in wood foam Woodford uh, bourbon barrels, and then for one year, and that's aged with coconut. And then after the coconut's been aged, it's been aged again in another bourbon barrel for another year. So it's almost like over over two years aged in two different bourbon barrels. Yeah. So I, I understand the price point. Yes. 
Yeah, uh, I know uh, Fort George usually comes out with a couple of those those double and triple yeah. you know, bourbon bourbon barrel aged beers as well, and those those are a pretty penny as well. Those are thirty five forty bucks usually. Yeah, if you want to get grab one of those, just a pint of one of those is like forty bucks. And then, yeah, you, even theirs they don't do the twenty twos; they do like the sixteen ounce. Yeah, the sixteens, right? Yeah. So or the yeah. thirty five millimeter or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get to the news. Uh, yeah. Starting with, uh, we'll start with a little Google news. Uh, by the way, tech news, 15 minutes in. Suck it. <laughs> 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 Screw you all. You finally win. Tech news at 15 minutes in. Uh, and actually, no, only like 12 minutes in because we were still three minutes late. So there you go. Uh, Which wasn't my fault. Not my fault. John was on time. Not only on time, 7.49. Get that. He was 11 minutes early. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually partially my fault that we were late. <laughs> There's always a, a broken clock's always right twice. <laughs> That's right. It's right at least twice a day. <laughs> uh, Gabriel, $2, having a, a Tempest Barley Wine and an Ohana Cigar. Ooh, that sounds like a good old time. Please yes. tell me there's like a fire pit too. Yeah, no, that, that's the only thing that could make that combo better. Because uh, John likes him a good barley wine. Oh, I do love me a good barley wine. If I can, a really nice, thick, hearty one, sip it, enjoy it. I love sitting like outdoors or by a bonfire or something like that. Yep. Them. Yeah, we've got a fire pit out on our on our deck, and that, there's nothing better than just sipping. A, for me, it's it's usually a, a really good red ale or maybe a barrel aged red, yeah, um, or a barley wine or s something that's really hearty, hearty, you know, yeah. and uh, and just sitting there and kicking back. So, yeah, no. uh, big big spoon four ninety nine. When you're as cool as as hops, you need to keep shades on because <laughs> so you're ready just in case. <laughs> His future's just so bright. Uh, big big spoon, so bright. Uh, well, and me, I wear transitions lenses. So if I were outside, these would be sunglasses right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the tech news. Yes. Uh, Google. So Jeff, uh, as we've in both in the tech industry and it stuff we've done, yep. uh, we've probably seen our fair share of going to someone's computer and seeing tabs upon tabs upon tabs of Google yes. and people thinking, why is my computer slow? Well, you're on a Pentium 4 with one gigabyte of RAM running Windows 10, and you have 37 tabs open. <laughs> but I have it preloaded. But I thought we have fast internet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, so yeah, Google Ram usage, Chrome Ram usage has kind of become a meme at this point. Um, it's... Uh, you so know, many videos about it and everything, yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, I forgot to change my bitrate, so uh, Google is sending me all kinds of errors. Um, <laughs> so, uh, oh no, I don't even know if I can up my variable. Um, I've been streaming lately at 30 frames per second because I figured there's no real point to our live stream being 60. Yeah. Um, at least until we get back into studio. And uh, I forgot to change my bitrate. So uh, we're trying to push 60 FPS at uh well uh <laughs> just way too low of a bitrate i mean it doesn't look horrible but it doesn't but youtube's yelling at me so the encoding oh. process might be a little odd later on um and unfortunately i set up variable bitrate when i was doing um wonder if i can change it to constant i can 
I've got a pretty good upload here. I think I'm just going to change it to 17 megs and see if it will we'll do that. If not, uh, if not, that'll be a little weird. Oh, well. Oh, well. We'll f screw it. We'll do it live. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Google Chrome RAM use has just kind of become a meme at this point because it is just so outrageous at times. But uh, honestly, it does use a lot of RAM for, for really what it's using or for really what it's trying to utilize um, and, and take advantage of. And, and I've seen instances of Google using, you know, four or five, six gigabytes easily of, of system memory. Um, and if you have a system that only has eight gigabytes on it, that's, that's a little constraining, you know, it's, it's a problem. It, it can impact other, other areas of your system and performance and, and start to eat away at, at, you know, page file usage and oh, it is and a problem. Yeah. And especially depending upon what you're loading too. I mean, there's, for example, half the time, uh, people I deal with, they're loading Google Docs. Right, just constantly live, and and it's pinging back and forth, and trying to refresh and everything. When you have fifty of those going, and then you have a bunch of Facebook feeds or YouTube going, it just eats at the memory. Right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, it's well known. It's a well documented issue. Um, however, Google may be finally doing something about it, and it's only because. They're going to take advantage of a technology that Microsoft is introducing with the 2004 update. Sorry, the 2004 update. That's yes. the 2020 April update, which still hasn't made it to most PCs. Uh, yes. <laughs> that is the 2004 update. Um, they are introducing a feature that was has been baked into Windows 10 since its release, but it was only available to the modern UI apps or the Metro UI apps. Um, uh, as a way to reduce Win32 memory usage. Um, and it's called uh, Segment Heap. And basically, it's just an algorithm that Microsoft put into place that allows uh, reduced RAM usage. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a difficult algorithm. It's not uh, something that's really special. It's just uh, a feature of the OS to reduce overhead of, of Win32 programs. Um, now... Microsoft did implement this originally with the initial launch of Microsoft Edge. That is the original Edge, not the Chromium version of Edge, which is one of the reasons that Edge was so uh, efficient at memory usage. It was, it, you know, separated itself from both Firefox and Chrome by a pretty wide margin by only using, you know, a gig, maybe two of RAM while, you know, the, the same, the same yeah. number of tabs open on another browser could eat up five or six. Um and not that Firefox is exempt from any of this hate as well. They're they're just as guilty, if not sometimes more, than Google is. Um, but for some reason, you know, Chrome gets the meme because Chrome has sixty percent of the market share. Um, but uh, anyway, Microsoft is opening up Segment Heap to all Windows applications, not just modern or specific apps within the Windows operating system. Uh, what that means is, with a simple, you know, API tweak. Uh, Chrome could reduce its uh, its memory load. And uh, based on what they're seeing with the Edge Chromium browser, which already has this implemented, it could be upwards of about 27 or 30% reduction in memory usage, uh, which is not insignificant. If you're talking about five gigs, all of a sudden you're talking about three and a half gigs. Yeah. That's a pretty viable and and, uh, and noticeable savings in memory overhead. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Now, they were also stating that... Um... Once the update comes out, the uh, 2004, it doesn't. Uh, Google Chrome still has to implement the code 
but I believe this was just stating that they will be implementing the code afterwards. So it's not going to be a you update it to 2004 and get the latest Google Chrome. It's still going to be a little bit. And that's kind of how I understand it. But they are, it is basically planned to be integrated into it uh, extremely soon this year. Yep. Uh, they say your microphone is warbling a little bit. And they said, I didn't know John had RTX hardware so he could run RTX voice. Um, I'm actually running RTX voice for John through his output. Um, I mean, I don't so, mind turning the fridge off. It has yeah. great insulation. Yeah, if you want to turn the fridge off, that's that's your choice. I was trying to give you the option of... Uh, of oh, no, I, it's all the other streams, they've been off. It's been okay. off. So, okay. yeah, no, it's got great insulation. So it'll, it'll hold it for two hours. Okay, well, go ahead and uh, knock it off then. And uh, I will... I will go ahead and disable RTX voice for you in three, two, and one. Okay. I should do it now. <sighs> so what you're saying is he has inferior sound system like me. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, have you seen his microphone? It's like a $20, you, you know, double A power. Oh, John's back now. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Hi, John. What'd you have to say, Jeff? <laughs> I, what? I wasn't saying anything. Yeah. I was complimenting your high production value over there at uh, at Hops and Brews headquarters. Hey. Sorry, I don't have that. Uh, That's some uh, beautiful brickwork behind you, by yes. the way. I, I don't I have that. I don't have. I don't get that Traeger money from YouTube. <laughs> oh, that was a good Father's Day. Uh, for those who don't follow me on, on Twitter, you missed a good Father's Day post. Uh, my wife went out and bought me a, a brand new Traeger grill, um, which both of our, both of our parents both have Traegers and, and have used, you know, pellet stoves for years. And, um, I've been wanting one for the longest time. Now my wife says she bought it for herself and, uh, because she wants to cook outside, but I've just been wanting a Traeger forever. So she went to Costco and said, Hey, how about this? And I said, cool, bring it home. And, uh, <laughs> That was my Father's Day present. Um, but uh, that day, we decided to also head to a local slaughterhouse. And uh, I picked up a $30, $32 New York strip steak for myself and a $27 strip steak for wow. herself. That was about two and a half to three inches thick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hers was only two inches thick. And mine was legitimately much, much larger than hers. Um and uh oh man we we cooked those over about three hours <laughs> they hit 142 on the nose oh it was perfect <laughs> absolutely perfect um jeff has that dirty youtube money yeah yeah i i am a whore for youtube money <laughs> <laughs> it's all that rtx graphics advertisement he got pulling it out of the fridge oh it's a gra fractal coolant design <laughs> <laughs> It's a Fractal Design Celsius Plus S24 Prisma. <laughs> All right. I was like, oh, this is the Intel. Oh, it's going to be a new intro. By the way, oh. I did that on the first take. Uh, I, it's like every time, almost, <laughs> it kind of does almost trick me. I'm like, oh, what's he going to pull out? Oh, is he going to pull out? Oh, stupid. It's that ad again. I, I've, I've thought about, you know, switching it up and, and like pulling out like whatever the next product is. <laughs> <laughs> if they ever do an air cooler, I'll probably just mix in some newer footage of me yeah. pulling out like an air cooler or something it, like that. No, it needs to be the same every time, but then your shirt constantly changes. Just that one scene of you pulling yeah. out, but the intro is always you from that scene. So it's always that same shirt. Yeah. <laughs> 
Did I reverse sear the stakes? You're darn right I reverse seared those stakes. We started the Traeger at 300 and then dropped it to 180 and let them get to 142 on their own. So you put them down and pssst, and then let that just kind of cool off a little bit and slow smoked them the rest of the way. Oh, they were good. I had the rest of that steak yesterday in a uh, uh, chicken, bacon, and steak salad, uh, like Southwest salad with pinto beans and corn added in. Uh, it was more meat than salad, let me tell you. And <laughs> That's just salad. <laughs> that, that was a salad. That, that was a salad that even Ron Swanson goes, that's not bad. <laughs> so, Yeah, that was so good. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Chrome over eating. Chrome over eating. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was basically it. It's just, uh, yeah. Uh, Chrome, Chrome's probably going to come up with a new update after you, if you can ever get the 2004 update, which is yep. supposedly out back in April, which my computer even is stating that it is not able to do it. So if whatever. Only Microsoft tested their releases before just pushing them to to uh to the update cloud anymore hmm. oh wait they got rid of that department i forgot <laughs> 142 what kind of craziest craziness is that um i'll controversial i like mine at 142 not at 137 i like mine just more done I, i'm not medium yet but i'm also not rare <laughs> uh, no no it's gotta have like you gotta have that outer circle of dark, but then that inner right. circle. Of... I, I still like a pretty solidly pink inner circle, but but I I do want it to fade into, you know, something that's not bleeding. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just no. on the edge of bloody is is where I like mine. Oh yeah, no, just like, on the like edge. I love cutting it in there. The juice that pours out has to still be red. Yeah, it, 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 and it was still it was still red. Yeah. It was still pink. It was still I, I almost delicious. like three shades. I almost need three shades in there. I need the brown on yeah. the edges, the pink yep. in the center, and just that center core that's a really tiny. That is this good to eat? Is this a little gummy? That but I, what's funny is I only liked it in the center. On the edges, I expect it. Yeah, okay, it's gonna be a little bit probably more mm. well done. Most steaks that I get aren't nice cut. You know. Scott says 130 to 132. That that's a little underdone for yeah. me. Yeah. I, I um and, and for me it's just the texture. I I taste I'll, I'm there with you. If if I have a steak that's there and then I like refrigerate it overnight and then I have it like the next day, it's it's delicious. I can eat it at that. Um but straight off the grill where it's still almost like a lukewarm. Well, I, I like mine just a little bit warmer or a little bit more done. One of the two. Yeah. Usually actually if I ever have a big steak controversial i well okay controversial but you're watching my channel so you're gonna listen to it i'll i'll cut my steak actually in half already as i grill it and one will be at the temperature i want and then i usually have i usually get a really big steak and i have the other half for lunch and that one i can purposely undercook for reheating purposes novella novella hub says well done steak in your band 142 is not well done. 163 is well done. Oh, no, I, uh, my wife likes it like 175. Yeah. She wants uh, it like rubber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are saying still mooing. Like, look, I under I appreciate really good steak. But the fact that I'm saying I like mine medium rare to medium and you guys are like, you know, grilling me over that. Ha ha ha. Um, yeah. <laughs> Do you not watch the channel? Drink what you like to drink. Eat what you like to eat. 
You know, what's the best steak? The steak that you like eating. How should you cook it? However tastes better to you. Yeah. Are you rating my liquor? <laughs> my wife is rating my candy stash right now. At first, I thought she was going to raid my liquor cabinet. I was going to have words with her, but I guess I'll let her have some Jolly Ranchers. And Skull says, who, who could have guessed that uh, steak temperature would have the triggering conversation of the night? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I was just vouching for medium rare. That's all I said. 142 is on the medium side. Like I said, I like it trending medium, but it's still medium. <laughs> Raw steak does not equate to tender steak. And I fully agree with that. You get a good quality steak, you cook it to 140, 142. It's perfect to me. He can stay if he wants. Okay, totally fine. Yep, no, he hit the door a couple of times. I knew he wanted in. Come on, kitty. Come on over here. I'm sure your fans want to see you. All right, let's get right. on to the bigger news of the night since we spent 15 minutes talking about... Uh, steak. Steak. Thank you all. <laughs> uh, Jeff's wife is like solid snake. <laughs> Beef jerky or more well done or go home. Big, big spoon. Two dollars. <laughs> I mean, I do love me some good jerky. They're, they they hate the fact that I cooked my steak all the way to 142. What are you talking about me for? They, they, they said you're like solid snake, which she doesn't even understand that reference. So <laughs> snake, I don't know. Snake Pliskin mean, means you were quiet and sneaky. <gasps> Anyway, let's get on to the bigger news of the week and the, the news that was uh, rumored for well over a decade, um, explicitly stated by Steve Jobs at the original Intel announcement in 2006 that Intel will, will get us through the next 10 years. And everyone went, ha, 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 you know, once you go Intel, you never go back. And uh, there were some rumors, you know, five or six years ago that Apple was actually interested in acquiring AMD. Um, and that was very early in their own ARM development process. And it was a totally viable option at the time because, well, AMD wasn't exactly doing well five years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, now would be the pickup of the century, but Apple's been developing their own silicon for the better part of 10 years now. And it's always been rumored that that's the direction they wanted to move to. And, well, uh, that's what they're that? doing. Monday? When yeah. Is that? Monday? Yeah, Monday. Monday. Uh, Apple officially sent Intel their John Deere letter. Uh, they are moving on. Uh, and it's going to be a fairly quick transition in the land of Silicon. Don't, don't you mean Dear John? Yeah, their Dear John letter. You said John Deere. Whatever. I was like, like they're going to send him a tractor? Send him a tractor, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, there's a lot of parallels there. I'm going to say their John Deere letter because they both have the same right to repair adage. Let's <laughs> each other. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they got, they got their, uh, their dear John letter. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Apple will be moving officially to their own Silicon in, in Apple products starting in 2020. Um, they will release their first arm based Macs by the end of this year. And according to CEO, Tim Cook, they will, uh, also be completing the transition within the next two years. Um, 
So that bright, shiny 28-core Mac Pro you just bought? Yeah, you have two years of support left. Congratulations. Oh. Yep, that's it. Yep. You're on your own. What? <laughs> <laughs> Time to buy PC. <laughs> that was $17,000 well spent. Oh, wait, we warned you about that at the time. Sorry. Um, yeah, there was a time I could make an argument that Apple's Mac Pro was priced appropriately. Um, even the trash can Mac Pro is as lauded as that system was. Um, you could make a valid argument that you were getting your money's worth in the silicon. You really could. Um, at, you know, equivalently to price PCs, they were right on that same ballpark. If you went actually apples to apples for comparison, um, where you took the exact same parts, the exact same hardware, the exact same materials, and you put it out in an HP or a Dell or a, you know, Puget Systems or whoever, whatever OEM you wanted to go with, you could make the argument there. The new Mac Pro, it's not even close. No, uh, I you, don't know how they got to eight thousand dollars starting price or six thousand dollars starting price. It's purely design or whatever. They're custom. It's not even that. It's I don't their, give a crap their, what their design is. They're custom molding cases and everything like that. It's like okay. it took them five god years to come up with that. Yeah, whole, that's embarrassing. Swiss cheese came up with that a long time ago. Right. As as a company, I'd be embarrassed. If, if that's what I came up with as a, as a, as an entry level professional machine, $6,000, $6,000 for an eight core Intel processor, which is currently beating beat by a $300 AMD chip, $6,000 well, gets you a PC that gets beat by a thousand dollar PC. Yeah. And I mean, dollar per dollar, it comes with an RX 580 for God's sakes. <laughs> it comes with a $150 graphics card and a $6,000 pro machine. Well, maybe they thought the holes are like speed holes. The more they're, than they're, the, they're, the dual they're, Vegas are a thousand bucks. <laughs> I, you can get a pro duo for, you know, you can get dual Vega graphics for the same price, you know, for a thousand bucks. And I, I just, I don't see it. I, I can't argue it anymore. I, I tried for years to, to see, to see that side of it. And I just can't. Well, I now, just can't. Yeah. Well, now with this, though, now they're even talking <clears throat> because they're going to probably go into the whole market of probably all self within self-contained within Apple with these, you know, silicon based mm -hmm. uh, chips and everything. They're going to be probably going into like graphics, GPUs, um, like you said, the arm. So uh, a nice mobile thing. And you uh, the arm, you were saying that that's probably even going to come out. What this year is right. It? They will have our max this year. Yeah. Laptops and desktops, both. Um, and uh, the the slide that they're showing, they're not giving exact performance numbers. And there's no, this is not a logarithmic scale. This is not even. This is, we have no numbers to put anything to it. But they say currently their laptops, power to performance sits right about here. Their desktops, power to performance sits right about here. Yeah. Like their ARM processors are going to be on about the same scale of performance as their desktops, but much more power efficient and going to be much faster than their current laptop processors and about the same power efficiency. That's a pretty bold claim, even without knowing the numbers. Traditionally, ARM has not been there. They no. have not, they haven't performed at that level. 
Um, even scaling up, even, even writing specifically for multi-core ARM processors, the performance is not on the same single core performance level as x86, and it never has been. Um, I will be and... curious uh, uh, of when someone actually gets the performance base and then how Apple will spin this, uh, similar to how like Intel will spin it versus AMD. Well, technically... <laughs> In this single process, this ARM performs just the same as right. our notebook from last right. year. Uh, exactly. You know, and so that's where I wondered when I saw that these images are like, why aren't there actual numbers? They're just kind of graphs that they <laughs> fade you, the background. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see um, what the performance is like apples to apples comparison software to software when they actually come out because x86 code does not run on arm no. and the x86 code that they're proposing is going to be emulated over to their arm process um so you'll still be able to run your intel apps but they're certainly not going to be optimized for it right away although they are saying that they have been working with adobe and microsoft both and trying to get day one products launched for the ARM Max when they come out this year. And so that'd be your Premiere, your Photoshop, your Office 365. Your, Wait, is that running know, off of off of whatever? Natively on ARM. Natively on ARM. So are they developing new software for it that you have to repurchase? Or is it you download some adapter? That's going to be up to Microsoft and Adobe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming if it's Adobe, it's going to be part of your cloud creative suite. Okay. Um, if, if it's Microsoft, I'm assuming part of your Office 365 suite. Um, or part of your office suite or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. So just Who download knows? the latest update, I hope. Right. I, I would hope that's how it works. Um, but who knows? Um, but yeah, this will be re-engineered software. Um, not from the ground up, but at least ported over for ARM process. Um, and that's not an easy undertaking. No. There's... I, I wonder how proprietary that process would be versus going then taking that and saying can now can i run this off of say raspberry pi you know there's there's a lot of thought about that a lot of that's going to come down to the hardware itself because um now some raspberry pi drivers are open source yeah however the graphic stack is not no well i wasn't so, i wasn't thinking like so adobe but i was thinking maybe you know just Microsoft. even even for 2d acceleration the, the graphics core on a Raspberry Pi is not open source. It is closed source to Broadcom. Hmm. And and they they allow the Raspberry Pi, Pi Foundation to develop and send out the driver as part of the Raspberry Pi, uh, RasPi OS. But you can't get third-party OS support for that driver. It doesn't exist. Hmm. Um, and so a lot of people going, oh, we'll just hack and toss your Raspberry Pi. That's great. You can run Mac OS, but without hardware acceleration. Yeah. Um, it, it's not going to work. Um, you know, uh, there are other platforms out there. Uh, you know, uh, they're also talking about possibly integrating RISC into this as well. You could develop a RISC V chip. That could possibly be a Hackintosh. Um, that's an open source chip, open source platform with PCI Express and USB and, and OpenStack drivers. That's the possibility that I'm looking at. But I think today, Hackintosh is probably dead moving forward because the reason Apple wanted control of their processors is they want control of everything in their ecosystem end to end. This has been their goal for the last 15 years. And Steve Jobs said it in 2006, Intel will get us over the next 10 years. Now, it took Apple 
four more years to develop what they wanted. But this was their end goal from the very beginning. During, during their power PC to Intel transition was to eventually move on to their own silicon. And that's what they announced. Yeah, is they're going to own the process beginning to end. I just I just don't want it to continue to be at least the way Apple has been going. Of now it's proprietary, and mm -hmm. that's what makes it special. That's why you're paying the price when performance-based. Here's the deal, though. Um, you can also justify Apple's price tag. Like, like, let's say on their laptops. If you're a creative professional, a video professional, and you run MacBook Pro, let's say you also run Final Cut Pro. Your rendering speed may be faster inside of Final Cut Pro than it is inside of Premiere Pro. And yeah. that makes the Apple a better product for you. The, there, there are so many different arguments that people just want to, they well, want to compare apples to apples, but sometimes your software stack doesn't compare that way. Well, and, yeah, and yeah, 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 but it's not to the everyday consumer. That that developer is, you know, those one-offs in Hollywood that has that office to where, yeah, okay, you were talking three, 4,000 customers. I'll, 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 no, I'll, I'll say Final Cut Pro has way more than one-offs. Um, well, oh, and, okay. and there are Hollywood studios that run Final Cut Pro. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, but my point is, is, is theoretically- Now, they also run a lot of proprietary software for a lot of post-processing. Yeah, well, theoretically- Final Cut Pro may be, you but, know, commercially- But theoretically, if, if, if this ends up driving the price up because- of everything now becomes proprietary to Apple. And they're looking at, you know, say an AMD chip and Premiere on a PC. And look, I'm saving, I'm only getting 20% extra performance now, but I'm mm -hmm. saving X amount of money right. for those lower end people that have, uh, are running this, this Apple Premiere. I don't know if it will be worth it. Yeah, a studio, they're just gonna like, whatever, you know, they'll write checks all day for the latest and greatest because they're trying to keep ahead of the curve, probably for right. the next movie. But again, that's what I was saying. That's probably a lower customer base to where lower end studios that do like small commercials for local mom and pop stores, they're mm -hmm. probably still going to be using PCs. They might have a Mac now, mm -hmm. but they'll probably end up being like, if, 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 again, Microsoft increases the volume price uh, of their proprietary. I'll, I'll say this. Software. I'll say this. Apple computers may go down in price with this switch to ARM. I know that I believe. I do believe. I think. Right. I think and, the uh, and laptop. so and so the the whole argument that you just gave that well you're going to have to switch your workflow or you're going to have to use this exact you know bit of software that's always been the case with Apple. There's always been specific software stacks that people want to use on Apple. I was an Apple user for well over a decade because I liked Apple's software for my workflow better, especially after they made the switch to Intel. Yeah. I used them as a virtualization platform for my daily workflow because their multi-monitor support was unparalleled and still kicks the living heck out of Microsoft. Microsoft, it's 2020. Figure out how to do multi-monitor support properly. <laughs> Make my desktop scale across two monitors. Make it so I can use different DPI on two different monitors. Make my color match across two different monitors. You finally fixed the V-Sync issue on multi-frame multi rate monitors where I can have two different frame rates displaying on two different panels. Fix your your multitasking interface. It's been terrible for since you introduced it. Fix it. Make multi-monitor work inside of Windows. Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> because it sucks. And it's always sucked. Um, but yeah. if you want to learn how to do multi-monitor, Apple has always done that better. And I used Apple as a virtualization workflow for working on multiple virtual machines at the same time because 
I could just throw them the windows wherever I needed them to and have multiple workspaces and, and flip back and forth between, you know, okay, I'm working on this Linux development right now and I really need my head inside of Linux. Guess what? I'm going to take my three finger swipe and I'm going to move all my monitors, all four of my monitors over to my Linux environment, which has five or six different VMs running at the same time. I'm going to do what I need to do inside of there. I'm going to flip all of them back to my Windows environment. I'm going to do what I need to do inside of there. I'm going to flip all of them back over to OS X and then finish up my management. Yeah. And, and it works so seamlessly inside OS X. Yeah. It's something I could never do inside of Windows. And that's a sysadmin task that that's open software that it was, it was, you know, VMware Fusion is what I was using primarily for, for a lot of those tasks or sometimes VMware Workstation. But that wasn't a proprietary task that could only be done on Apple. It just worked better on Apple. Yeah. No, um, I, I do agree though. I, I, I agree with you with the laptop thing. I do think that with the ARM chip base, uh, the extra power saving and consumption that it will do, the fact that ARM chips are going to be so much smaller, they're going to probably come up with the thinnest, the most powerful or, or power saving, longest battery life Apple laptop probably ever. Right. Um, think of think of a MacBook that gets 25 hours of battery life and competes with an Intel i7 on the mobile space. Like, just consider that. That's probably even thinner than the MacBook that it is now. And fanless. Yeah. Like, consider that. Cons consider what they've done in the iPad, which is pretty a pretty great device, especially in the high-end iPad Pros. Um, it legitimately is a great device and it does compete with the surface as far as specs, as far as like raw performance, floating point, everything else. The the iPad Pro competes with the Surface Pro 7 or whatever the whatever it is Microsoft now, is yeah. calling it these days. Um, now I hate both devices vehemently. I, I hate both the devices because they're not repairable and they're, they're <laughs> marketing these to professionals who need uptime more than anything else and repairability and accessibility no. where your $1,500 and $2,000 machine is your livelihood. And if you accidentally drop it, your livelihood goes with it. Like that's unacceptable. It's, it's unacceptable that those devices are that fragile and that unrepairable. But I digress. You have to back um, it up to OneDrive, Jeff. Back everything up to OneDrive. <laughs> that's what you have to do. Right, right. Um. But I will say the devices are comparable as far as performance goes, as far as like Adobe Premiere on one versus Final Cut on the other. Now, my problem with the iPad has always been the software stack, has always been the lack of multitasking support, true multitasking support, the, the lack of a desktop environment, the lack of, you know, mouse and keyboard input, the lack of this and that. And, uh, you know, whatever the heck they decided to make that pencil charge that way. Uh, you know, like, like I have so many problems with the iPad in general, almost as many as I have with Microsoft Surface. Um, but hardware-wise, they've been comparable. What happens all of a sudden if you get full Mac OS with Adobe Premiere and full Final Cut Pro in a, in a MacBook form factor that gets 25 hours of battery life and renders twice as fast as an Intel laptop? Yeah. Or at least equivalent, but then they're able to charge a whole lot less. Right. You know, right. essentially. But yeah, because ARM, ARM processors should theoretically be a lot cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, again, too, you're talking fanless, power, 25-hour mm -hmm. battery, um, super ultra thin. Essentially, you basically have a keyboard and a screen. That's really all you're giving. 
you know, right. uh, you should have as thin, each one should basically, it should be as thick as two SD cards. That's really all it should be. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I am definitely curious to see what Apple does. Now we got a little bit of a sneak peek of kind of what they're thinking. Um, in the Mac Mini. The Mac Mini is going to be available as a transition development kit for $500 running the A12Z chip, which is the same exact chip found in the iPad Pro. Which, honestly, for $500, pretty solid deal. Um, because the iPad Pro, I believe, is like $799. I and so it was you're like getting a thousand. It might might even be a thousand. It's expensive. Yeah. Um in fact, I will look it up in real time. Yeah, I thought so it we was... can yeah. I think it starts at $799, but it's for but a yeah, pretty... I, I'm betting there's tiers, you know, $799, $999, $1299, something like that. Yeah. Oh, I know it goes up. $799 for the 11 inch, 12 uh or sorry, $999 for the 13 inch. Yeah. Uh, we were both and right. <laughs> you, and you get 128 gigs at the base um, and $12.99 for a one terabyte model. Okay. Um, that so... actually is, that is pretty comparable to, similar to what is being put out in the uh, Mac Mini. Right. Um, but, you know, you're getting far, far, uh, ba 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 uh you know, you're getting all that same hardware minus a screen for 500 bucks. Yes. So it's not a bad deal. No, yeah. You're essentially either paying, you know, uh, uh, one third less. Right. And um, getting everything. And it right. And this has 16 gigs of memory and 512 gigs of solid state storage. However, yep. there's a caveat to this development kit. You have to give it back to Apple when you're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know if you're going to get your money back too. Or if you're essentially going to rent this for six months. That's yeah, that, the big question. That was They didn't state that. Um, yeah. I, I assumed it was more of a, hey, put your credit card down. We'll send you one. Give it back if you break it. Well, you know, if you don't break it, yeah. ship it back. We'll give you a refund. You break it, you bought it. Right. That's kind of how I'm betting it is. No, I, I don't even, I don't think Apple even cares if you break it. I don't think they want you keeping this. Uh, interesting. Um, because right here, access to the developer's kit retails for $500 with quote, limited use of the system. It isn't clear if this means that the system is a rental, but it seems likely as it used similar language for the Intel transition kit, which the Intel transition kit was also a Mac mini with a core duo processor. Um, and so they, they did a very similar thing during their last architecture transition in 2006. Um, and so it, I would like to see what Apple does with ARM. I am genuinely curious to see what Apple does with ARM. I'm still kind of an Apple fan. Um, now they've they've scorned me beyond belief with my iPhone. Um, I, I've told that story a number of times. I don't need to rehash it. But they've gone so anti-consumer with a lot of their practices. I I have a hard time supporting Apple anymore. I still have a a MacBook. I have a 12-inch MacBook a 12-inch i7 MacBook that I spent good money on. And uh, and it's a great machine, and it's still my go-to travel machine because it's fanless and it lasts for freaking ever. Um, you know, it's not fast, but it does everything that I need it to do for travel, minus video editing. It doesn't do that for crap. Um, but there's not an equivalent PC to that. 
There's just not. And and what I'm expecting from Apple on the ARM side of things is very similar to kind of what I see out of Apple in the 12-inch MacBook, which is a very thin, fanless, almost unlimited battery life. It lasts for like freaking 12 hours, charges over USB-C in an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the standby time is like 30 days. It's a laptop that I can charge up, leave just like sitting by my bedside, and then if I get a, an emergency call in the middle of the night, that's what I grab to go. And when I get to a client site, like, and I haven't charged it in two weeks, it still has like 60% battery life sitting there in standby over that entire time. And, uh, but I expect that kind of performance and, and that kind of reliability out of what they're going to produce with their ARM processors, because that's been the direction that they've been trying to head with the Intel chips, but the Intel chips just haven't been doing exactly what they want. Um, but if you can give me that level of battery standby with i7 quad core or hex core performance in a 13 inch model that's fanless, that has 16 or 20 hours of battery life and good enough graphics to, to render video, you might make a buyer out of me again. You just might. Yeah. Well then you'd end up having to buy all your software again though. Right. Right. Well, I already paid the Adobe subscription, so whether I use it on well, yeah, Windows guess, or yeah. whether if, I use it on... If it's Adobe, then you'll be fine, I was going to say, right. if it was, if it was uh, their software. But uh, yeah, yeah, no. I, and that would be great, too, for all of the field trips, too. Right. You know, if you ever do them anymore. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Next year, Cat, 21. Get out of my sink. Trying to, trying to take a bath. He is. Cat. Get out of the sink. It's Rambo. Come on, Ram. Come on. There you go. Thank you, buddy. So how how you doing on your beer? I'm right there. Uh, I'm done. And it's mm. warm in my my garage. Go ahead and grab your other one. I'll uh, I'll kind of transition us out into the next story here. All right, sounds good. So we just spent 30 minutes talking Apple. I hope everyone is happy that we we covered that pretty thoroughly. Um. But uh, no, I, like I said, I've always been an Apple fan. I, I like the Apple ecosystem when it works. I, I am absolutely an Apple fan of, of Apple when it does what I need it to do as a consumer. I'm disappointed that Apple has gone the way they have as far as hardware and being so anti-consumer. I have a major problem with that. Just a major ethical problem of, do I really own the hardware? Because... It's a gray line when you start telling me what I can and cannot do with my own equipment. Um, and it's it's something that I don't like, you know, Apple having say over. I should be able to mod my equipment. I should be able to install whatever I want on my own equipment. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just something that I disagree with. But at the end of the day, if Apple owns the entire ecosystem um, and you you can't run Hackintosh anymore, and that's where you want your workflow to be. I don't know if you're going to have any other options. So definitely interesting times. Definitely uh, going to be interesting times moving forward. John, what are you opening? Uh, I'm going to stick with the collab theme I've been going with, Ooh. and I am going to go with a Fort George uh, three-way. Ooh, three-way. Nice. So this is... Uh, three different. They release this uh, once a year. They always do uh, three different breweries, and they do a, kind of a big IPA. 
So this one, I believe, is, uh, yeah, Structure Brewing, Level Beer, and Fort George. So Ooh, they did with Level this year. Yeah. Nice. Novella says, time for a Crowler, Jeff. Um, no, I'm, I'm actually going to open uh, a little bit different one, but uh, I'll let John kind of do his impressions on this while I'm grabbing myself another beer. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to do something different, and then I was like, ah, I don't know if I should take the time to go digging through the fridge, and this was sitting right at the front because I just bought it this week, so. But super hazy, as you can obviously see. I mean, it just, you can't see through it, but. A lot of passion fruit, uh, mango, that that big guava, you know, those those big tropical flavors you would expect in a big hazy IPA. So, oh, now this isn't really what we call a sweet IPA, at least not compared to the. It looks uh, like one tang. I had. It is. It is very very hazy. It looks like tang. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, like you you can't. I, my fingers are up against it. Wow, <laughs> but yeah. um, it it tastes more like the peel of all the tropical fruits that you have. Yeah. So, a lot of that bitter rind. A lot kinda. of that bitter rind, but still, yeah. so really tropical aromas, but um, bittering rind to replace that bittering hop type of a thing. Yep. So what um, uh, I am going. With a Three Magnets brewing. Oh, I like Three Magnets. Fresh out of Flux. Oh, I've seen that. I didn't buy it, yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, a uh, little Back to the Future inspired here um, uh, by Three Magnets. 6.4%, uh, uh, 50 IBUs. Um, their info one, it's all kind of weird. But uh, but it's all written like blueprints for a flux capacitor. Um, we're gonna give this one a shot here. Right. As you pour that, my son is going to bed. He requested yep. I tuck him in really quick. Go for it. All right. I'll pour my beer. Uh, and John says uh, you always make me so thirsty. Oh, thank you for watching. I make myself thirsty too. Boy, uh, for drinking two IPAs, this is a dramatic shift from the last one. Let me tell you. Um, it's it's definitely much more bitter on the nose. Like the last one was definitely a tropical IPA. It was very juicy. It was very sweet. Um, it was uh, uh, there were some hops there, but it wasn't really hop forward. Uh, this one is is a different beast entirely. This one almost has like an amber color to it. Uh, John said the last one kind of had amber. This one is is amber. Um, I don't know how to explain that smell. It, it's not hoppy. It's almost like a... I don't know. It's a weird smell. Ooh. I don't know what I think about that one either. It's got kind of some conflicting flavors. Like it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit juicy. Okay. It's a little bit dank. It's a little bit grassy. It's not a lot hoppy. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I don't know what to think about this one, John. Really? It's it's interesting. No, I, um, oh, I, I didn't catch it. Did you say it was an IPA or what was it? It's an IPA. Okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, Three Magnets Brewing. Uh, blah, 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 fresh out of flux. Gosh, what is this? Yeah, it's an IPA. Um, Atenum hops, uh, Simcoe hops, Comet hops, and hop oil, concentrated hop oil. That could be the the interesting thing. Yeah. Um, um, so the smell, I don't even know how to describe the smell because it's different. Mm. Um, it's not like skunky or or dank. It's, but it's also not fruity. It's not grassy, <laughs> but it's kind of hoppy. But it's also not like I don't know how to explain it. It's what? just weird. Did you? Uh, is there a candidate? You check underneath, see if there's a candidate. Just... Uh. Yep, there is canned April twenty first, twenty twenty. Okay, so that can. might that might be why because it's a new ish can. Yeah, the new ish. Yeah, it's April, so it's only two months. It's still good. It's bordering on technically yeah. what should be. Usually, yeah. it's about sixty to ninety days is really yeah. when you want to have it, and that's on the you know higher well, of the sixties. We're, we're right at sixty. So yeah, so it should still be good. Should and still it's, be it's good. interesting. Yeah. Uh, difficult nerd, five dollars. Uh, what proportion of people who complain about Apple isn't value for the money have owned a Mac, um, and how much of it is justifying? How much of it justifying to aversion to switching effort? Um, that's an interesting question. That's a very interesting question. A lot of people who complain about the value probably have never used Mac. Um, like I said, I I tend to be a tech guy. When, when people ask me, am I an Apple guy? Am I a PC guy? Am I a Linux guy? I'm a, I'm a tool guy. I'm a whatever tool gets the job done. I work with everything. I've worked professionally with everything. I've deployed professionally everything. Um, and whatever tool fits whatever job that I'm doing is the tool that I use for that job. And... Like I said, I ran Mac professionally for 10 years uh, do, doing development and and and, uh, and virtual machine work. Um, I, I've i ran PCs. I've run uh, VMware, Proxmox, and Hyper-V all professionally. I've, um, you know, I've been in all three environments much of my professional career. Um, I've ran, you know, various different, different file server solutions. I've ran Windows file servers. I've ran Linux file servers. I've ran BSD-based, you know, FreeNAS file servers. I've done this. I've done that. They're all computers at the end of the day, and they're all tools. And it's how you use them that matters. Um, and if this company provides a tool that the other company doesn't provide, and you need that tool for your workflow, guess what? That makes it a great value, because they have the tools you need for your workflow. Um, now... Mac is not for everyone. That workflow is not for everyone. The environment and, and the user experience is not for everyone. Some people don't like it. Some people want more control than that. Some people just want it to work. And some people want it to work and it doesn't work Apple's way. Um, at the end of the day, a value proposition is what value do you get out of it? Um, and and it's, it's a needs-based valuation. It's, is it worth it to me to spend my money on that product? And that's a personal question. And for me, for a long time, Apple was the answer. You know, I've, I've owned everything from Mac minis to iMacs to Mac pros. I've bought full retail. I've bought used. I've bought refurbished. I've bought everything along the way. I've, I've bought over the last 13 years, 15 years, 
six Apple laptops personally. I've I've deployed hundreds of Apple laptops professionally. I've deployed hundreds of Microsoft services professionally. I've deployed hundreds of Lenovo laptops, both Linux and Windows professionally. Um, and so those were the right tools at the, at the time. Um, what do I say now? I say I need to wait and see what Apple does with ARM and see where the software support is and what tools they provide for what price. I, I think, well, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think in the next year or two, that's really what it's going to be coming out. Like like the article stated, we're not going to see an ARM product from Apple till uh, third quarter. So we're looking for probably October. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even not even till like Christmas. Who knows? Um, but sometime this year, sometime, and sometime this within year. the next two years, they'll be and, all ARM brand new. Exactly. And so, and, but that's going to be gen one. And so we're going to be, I mean, everyone's going to be super Kinda curious what they have for the pro line. Yeah. So really every, curious what they have for the pro line. I mean, I mean, we all know end of the year, that's every tech videos person's going to be check out Apple's ARM laptops, <laughs> you know, just hell I might even have one. Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, it'll be an interesting benchmark to see comparative to everything, you know, um, and also price because they didn't, they didn't talk about price and the yeah. other specs too. Um, the, the biggest complaint, you know, a lot of people have with Apple too, is the, the dongle support and, and, you know, all the other type of things. Do I have to continue doing that? Are they going to go you back use the to Microsoft surface? They have less ports on them than Apple does. Yeah. They still have USB though. Like, like good. Ugh. Yeah, but the new MacBooks have two USB-C ports. The services only have one. That's like, if you want to talk dongle hell, <laughs> good lord. Uh, Regan, $2 donation. John, can you tuck me in? Yes. And then Spoon says, uh, Hops tucks me in the best. Yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah. every night uh, I go to Big Big Spoon's place and I, I tuck him in virtually. Read him a bedtime story. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. I, uh, I, I've been slowly see. getting uh, bite my bits people over by having to do personal virtual appearances. So you're welcome. Uh, why is everyone saying that the 2019 Mac Pro is dead on arrival when Apple announces their own processors? Because it runs on an Intel processor. The Intel processors were dead on arrival and we've been trumpeting that since they announced the 3647 socket, you know, gold generator Xeon or i9 or whatever the bloody heck they're calling it. Um, the 28 core, the 18 core, those are dead on arrival because they're getting their ass handed to them by, by Ryzen. Although, although because price of, performance, everything now, they're, now, they're losing in every aspect, the used market for an Apple next year will be interesting. There may not be support, but Do you know I what would... happens on the used market for Apple. Have you ever, uh, that I've market. no, no, that I have not. For for generations, for years after Intel switched, the G5 Mac Pro, the um the the G5 Tower, yeah, was selling for ungodly amounts of money. It oh, was but... selling it was selling for almost as much as a brand new Mac Pro, which was based on the on the the two dual core Xeons and later on the quad core Xeons well, that, that... Um, because it was the last of the power. PC yeah. Macs. Yeah. Okay. And this can... generation of Apple hardware is going to stay at this level. I guarantee for the next four years, that's it dumb. will not budge that's... a single percentage point. Now, if that's true, that's because horrible. it's the last of the Intel Macs. Oh gosh. Every yeah. Apple owners are like Corvette owners. Let, let me make this parallel. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, if you've ever watched like Vin Wiki or, or some other things, I forget who said it. Um, I, I think it was, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but uh, he goes, every Corvette owner, every, every Corvette they've owned is Corvette one of one. It was the only one produced this year with this option package with this color and had this stripe on it. And it's a rare Corvette, you know, and it happened to be like, you know, this weird color of neon blue and it happened to have the suede package with it. And, and the wing is an extra inch bigger, (laughs) right? Like, like, but every Corvette is one of one. Every Corvette owner is like that. And every Corvette owner wants three times what the used market actually wants to pay for their used Corvette. Go and look for used Corvettes, go and look for, you know, like a a C4, C5, C6 Corvette right now. Um, you know, you look at like a 2002, 2004, you know, C5 Corvette. Nice Corvette. Nice Corvette. You know, LS engine um, and everything else. And you'll see some for like $8,000. You'll see some others for like $22,000. Not even the Z06 package. Just a Corvette. Yeah. Like base stock Corvette with like two upgrades. And they'll say, this is a rare model. And it was the only one with this color. And it has the stainless steel exhaust tips. And it has the upgraded suspension. It's like, yeah, like every other Corvette author. No, but it's the only one with this color, so it's rare. Okay, so that adds $13,000 to the price, was that? Every Mac owner who sells on the used market does the exact same freaking thing. This one was a build-to-order option, and it has the 512 SSD instead of the 256. It's worth way more. Yeah. And every single Apple owner thinks their Apple is one of one because they went through the Apple configurator and built it to order. <laughs> Which there's only like six configurations. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There's only so many options. And by the way, if you have a Mac that's like pre-2017, you added your own third-party memory. It's worth what the third-party memory you bought is. Yeah. But it's not worth 2017 pricing. <laughs> I can tell you that. That's like going to In-N-Out and like, oh, I'm part of the secret menu at In-N-Out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, everyone is. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Um, yeah. And Scott says, I want a new Corvette, but I'm not going to pretend like it's some sort of unique collector item. That's going to be special, uh, and, and going to be a special history in the world kind of thing. I'm disgusted that I want one of the C8 Corvettes because I've never been a Corv- a Corvette guy. Um, I've, I've always been, you know, a, 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 a Japanese or a, or an Italian or a, even a European, you know, supercar kind of guy. I love me an Audi R8. That's no secret. I love me a, an NSX. Uh, you know, those are my jams. And it sickens me that I want a C8 Corvette. Well, it has all of the features that those have. And it's a it's... mid-engine rear-wheel drive, eight-speed, eight you know, dual-clutch gearbox. Yeah. It ticks all my boxes, and that pisses me right off. Yeah, it's it's the first, <laughs> or it's like one of the one of the best American And it's affordable, cars. and that's what also Isn't pisses me right off. Isn't it like 35K? No, like it's 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 60k. They start at 60. Okay, still, um, still. But 60, 60 for, for gets the, you Z06 performance from yeah, the previous generation exactly, too. Exactly. Yeah. In in a 50/50 balanced car. Like the reason I've always like liked an Audi R8 or or an F430 Ferrari or something like that is because it's on the edge of attainable. You know, it, it's like I could probably work one day and make enough money where maybe a $120,000 car makes sense. I might get there someday. You know, and and the Audi R8 started slipping to like you know ninety thousand, eighty five thousand. I've seen like a good condition, low mileage R8 go for, 
And uh, and all of a sudden, Corvette comes out with this for $60,000. And I'm like, I'm not a Corvette guy. I don't want that. But God, dang it, that's a good car. That's and it just nice ticks me car. off. It just ticks me off. <laughs> ah, the red looks sick. I mean, I'm not. Doesn't I'm, it? Yeah. No, the, the burnt copper. That's what I, I want. I see it. Yeah. Oh, I, see I want it. a burnt copper in a full in a full full convertible. That's what I want. The convertible looks sexy too because it it? It, it it still has a lip on the back end. It's really nice looking. And that's not now. Is that a uh, that doesn't fold in this? So I wonder if you have to take that top off. That's a hard top. You have to make. There is one with a target top uh, that you take off and you put in over the top of the engine bay. There's another one that's a full hard top convertible. Okay. That they make a roadster and they make all of the Corvettes now are are convertible in some way, either target top or full full on, you know, Mercedes style hardtop convertible. Yeah, see I like the the target top looks. I like that look. It's good. It's a good look. It's a good look. I want the convertible. After yeah. after living open air for, you know, the last four <laughs> years, I, I need a convertible. Yeah, that's um, nice Jeff hates America, confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an American car fan by any means. Like Chevy is the only one that kind of tickles my fancy occasionally and not with the Corvette. You know, no. it's it's actually like with some of their like, you know, mid-range like budget cars. Like I liked the Chevy Cruze. I drove a Chevy Cruze for three and a half years. It was a good car. I, I really enjoyed that car. Now it was the 1.4 turbo with a six speed, which is probably why I enjoyed it, but it was a decent enough car for the money that I paid for it. But yeah, it, I've never been a Corvette guy. I'm definitely not a Camaro guy. I hate Camaros. No, I, I hate Camaros with a fiery passion. I don't, I don't like the new ones. Uh, I, I will say this. I don't like the internal specs of the new ones. When they first came out of that look, I was like, Oh, thank God they changed the look. Have and you I ever been in one of the new Cor Camaros? They drive like a boat. They do. They do. And so they drive like, like an old American car. They and do. that's my problem with American cars is they typically drive like old American cars. That well, I, that's... I like low to the ground center of gravity balanced, you know, cornering performance. Well, uh, I don't want to I don't want to go from here to the end of the runway fast. I want to get around that corner and Canyon car. Fast. It, 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 I will state I had a I had a, I had a 69 Mustang. And so it kind of gives the old people like, oh, this feels like a 69 Mustang. Right. You know, or, or, sorry, Cor, uh, Corvette. Um, um, not Corvette. Camaro. Um, Camaro. It's yeah. Camaro. Um, that other crappy car we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. those other crappy cars. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do agree. There are just some things that are like, okay, I kind of like the design. But yeah, I, I, I test drove a Camaro. I drove, my sister-in-law had a Mustang, the new Mustangs. I was like, these are loud. The suspension's horrible. I mean, the noise it puts out just for the engine doesn't actually the power is not there it's just it seems like they almost cut the exhaust off short just to give it a bigger noise right what's actually inside the you know the hood <laughs> yeah um i would probably say the only one i wouldn't mind having is um oh gosh um um not the cougar uh <laughs> scott says jeff loves the buick encore <laughs> <laughs> I need to start doing car reviews when I'm out, you know, doing rental cars because that has always been for great footage. <laughs> oh, Keep well. me out of this Discord. I I drive a Corolla. I Corolla's not bad. Yeah. You know, I I am a Toyota fan. I will say that. Um Hellcat. Um I, I, I would I'm, take a Hellcat. Oh yeah. Uh no, I wouldn't take a Hellcat. I would take a Hellcat. I wouldn't take a Hellcat. But it has 707 horsepower. I know it does. It also can't stop worth a damn, and yeah. it also can't change direction at all. Yeah, <laughs> that's exciting. Right. 
Um, Actually, I think they have a thousand horsepower Hellcat. Yeah. <laughs> um, I owned a 76 Mustang II for a very short period. Um, I've also owned an RX-7 for a very short period. That was a fun little car. Um, that was a 1984 RX-7 with a 12A. Um, yeah, you can get a Hellcat uh, up to a thousand horsepower. Yeah, no, I know you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's straight line. That's it all I need. It doesn't excite me. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. Supercar excites me. Big displacement and nothing else does nothing for me. The, the, the thing is, though, if I was... Make a big sound and it, spin your tires, eh. You know, tire I, smoke... I would... You can, you can tire smoke a Geo Metro if you know what yeah, you're doing but, with the clutch. But I would it rather, doesn't impress me. In all honesty, the, the price of a supercar, to get an actual supercar, mm -hmm. uh, like a brand new one or something like that, I would rather spend the money on a old, old classic car with new stock. Re rebuilt to modern specs. Right. You you want like a retro mod. I want a retro mod. I would I would take yeah. that '69 Mustang or or Corvette or, or whatever, but put brand new everything. Careful, don't call it Eleanor because uh you know Gone in 60 Seconds folks will come after you. Oh yeah. Even that. I I will admit I love that Mustang. I'm That's I'm gonna go blue for a minute because I am so freaking livid over that story. By the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the B is for Build uh, having his Mustang seized by the Gone in 60 Seconds guys. Fuck you. Just straight up. I, I am so goddamn pissed off about that story. Um, because, yes, it was Eleanor inspired. You know what? Eleanor made the Mustang more desirable than it ever was. And, and yes, I understand it's a copyrighted figure within that movie. But that gives you no right to go after a car maker and take his property. That is absolutely asinine. And it, and it puts copyright law exactly squarely in the headlights as far as what is cosplay, what is prop making, what is all of these other art forms that people enjoy because they enjoy the movie that inspired them. They're not making money off of this. They're not, they're doing it because they freaking love the car or they love the character or they love the prop or they love the environment. He was a guy making a car in his garage. He wasn't going to sell it. He was going to freaking drive the thing. If yeah. anything, it would have upped the sales of Gone in 60 Seconds. You know what? I will never, ever watch that movie again. Well, unless, Because fuck you for what you did to Chris. Well, <laughs> technically, I mean, I used that in one of my Hops and Brews videos, going to see you. You did. Yeah. You've used <laughs> Gone in 60 Seconds footage in a video before. Which I got demonetized on YouTube for. Right. But I was like, Pro hang on a second. This is fair use because I'm kind of making fun of everything. And uh, you kind of were. And the, and the same thing. That was fair use. It was yeah. the epitome of fair use. It was inspired by, but but obviously very different. Very different. I mean, there was no there was no stars in it. I took right. all of, all of the major stars out of it, and it's it's all basically the only star in it is. Is that the guys in Arizona? No, he's in Portland. He's he's like my neighbor. He's yeah. right up the road from me. Um, and, and that was the most asinine thing I'd ever read in my life. And I'm, I'm surprised more people are not outraged by it. And if you're not outraged by it, you freaking should be. Why Sorry. My cat is also jumping up on my fridge behind me. No, no, no. I, I think you can see him. Yeah. He's right there. Yeah. There, there there's Rambo. If everyone wanted to see Rambo. <laughs> so anyways <laughs> yeah I, i'm sorry but we brought up you know 69 mustang and you said oh i really want to do those it set me off yeah 
<laughs> I already didn't like Mustangs, and and you know, that just cemented. You that know what? Me. You know what Mustang I like that most people don't like is the Mach One. I really like the Mach One. I know, I know. There's like six inches of absolutely nothing but air in the hood, but I don't know what it is. I think it's because no one likes it. There's so few people that like it. There's that this much space like between the block and the radiator. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's all nose and nothing else. All nose and nothing, and I almost like. And it was still front heavy. That's the thing. I, it's like I, it wasn't I, even balanced. I still kind of like it. I just, I just like it because it's everyone kind of hates it, and they're like, I kind of like it now. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Tyler says we need a better system for deciding fair use. The problem is it's copyright violation until you defend yourself in court. And, and unfortunately, that wasn't the hill that Chris was going to die on. And I don't necessarily blame him for that. He's got a company to run. He, he's got his YouTube channel to run. He's got other, other ventures that he's involved with. Um, I don't blame him for not fighting that. Um, if it was me, I would have fought it. Yeah. I, I would have fought it tooth and nail. But then you're fighting it and you're fighting it up against a multi-million dollar company. And then right. it's one of those, right. we're going to win because we'll just sit you with this loot and we're going to take you this far away and charge right. you more. It's going to cost you X amount to fight it. Yeah. It's going to and... cost you more than what it would be to go and buy right. another car and rebuild it and just name it something else. Right. Is, is the thing. Um, but the thing is, someone eventually has to fight it. And, and you have to pick the right fight. And I think that would have been exactly the right fight because while he referenced, he was calling it Eleanor. It was vastly different from the car. It was, it was not the same year. It was, oh, it was okay. not the same. I, I thought it was a, a straight copy. Oh no, 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 no. I thought it was a El copy. Eleanor is a freaking 67. He was building it on a, or, or a 73. He was building it on a 67 chassis Oh, that's or, or, or something like that. Like it wasn't the same year. It wasn't the same design. There were some elements that were inspired by. So they're just saying that the, uh, the name and the fact that he called it Eleanor. That's dumb. And that it was a Mustang. And that it had modifications to the bumper. That was enough for them to come and seize his car. You see, you could take the that's bumper. what they're saying. That's, uh, yeah, okay, that that is ridiculous. I thought yeah. it was like he he built a clone. He wasn't building the car from Gone in sixty seconds. He liked the car in Gone in sixty seconds. He was inspired by that Mustang, but he was building something very unique. He was resto modding a sixty-seven or a, a seventy-one chassis or something like that with a twenty fifteen Mustang. Uh, uh, framework and drivetrain. He he did a frame off, uh, you know, cut the body off of a 2015, and he was he was resto modding a 67 body onto it or something like that. I don't remember what exact year, but it was not the same year as the Eleanor. Yeah, I want to say the Eleanor was a 71. I thought no, it was a 69 Shelby Mustang. Yeah, it, it, something like that. But yeah. it, what he was using was not the same year. It was not the same design. It was not it was not the same body kit. It was not the same. This, it was not the same that he'd certainly put his own elements into it. It was uh 20, 2015 with a 67 body. That's what it was. Um, and Eleanor was, I believe a 71. I think it was in the seventies. Um, but it was, a it was a modern car and he was rest of modding a, essentially a 69 or 67 Mustang. And yeah, of course it's going to get comparisons to Ele 70, Eleanor. 71. Yeah. Because it's one of the more popular Mustangs to ever grace film. You know, you, you've got that and you've got Bullet. And that's in the list for Mustangs. Pretty much. And, and the fact that that's enough for a Hollywood company to come in and shut him down. And not only shut him down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There, there, was, there was a, a Need for Speed Mustang. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but but the fact that they considered that enough of a parallel to have a legal case, and the fact that he even got drafted as a lawsuit, and that he even got got threatened with with legal action, that's absurd. And like I said, I will never ever watch that movie again. And and if I even hear my friends watching it, I will tell them that story, and I will make sure they never watch it again either, because it's absurd. And Chris, if you're watching, I'm sorry that happened. And call me, bro. I'll take you out for a beer. Okay. Okay. So it is a '67 Shelby Mustang GT500. Yeah. That is not a '71. '67 Shelby Mustang. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Uh, enough on our rant. So that was enough of a tangent. That was our. Is everyone happy with my rant? We're gonna go back to family time. Yeah, rant, rant counter. Jeff, <laughs> back on on non-blue stuff and. Was I at a seven there? Yeah, I don't know what you. That were wasn't at. as angry as I've ever been on the show. No, right? but that was that was up there. It was. It that was... one's been boiling for a while. Yeah. That that's been a couple of weeks ago that that story hit, and I thought about addressing it here, and I just kind of went, no, it's not really what I wanted to say. And you said Mustang, and I went. Uh, apparently, so, I have the trigger warrant. You you struck a nerve. That's for darn sure. All right, I'm gonna right. let my cat out real quick. So go ahead and introduce the whole mixer fiasco. Yeah. If you so I don't know how many of you are that watch this particular yeah. channel, or watch a couple of other channels. There are, you know, the Twitches. There is, I don't know, TikTok. Does that count as a channel? I doubt it. Um, you know, there is. <laughs> I'm not going to go into those because that would be Jeff. This is Jeff's channel, so I can't say those type of shows. But there was a mix. It, did anyone ever watch mix stuff on mix? It was a similar thing of like a Twitch. Basically, it was Microsoft's uh, streaming game channel. A lot of users, a lot of interesting thing. And um, almost uh, like we had Red on the show. <laughs> what? <laughs> my rants oh yeah i was gonna say it's a rant. almost like rhett was here oh, <laughs> oh. and um, he'll be on next week <laughs> if you if we actually did talk about this a, a while ago i think this was before or might have right right around the time of we started having to live stream from each other's homes but was <laughs> facebook facebook started a gaming um mm-hmm. Uh, stream or announce that they were going to start doing that. Yeah, start to do live, you know, live gaming streams, all that Twitch and yeah, so, something similar. <laughs> they were going to do a competing gaming streaming channel, essentially yeah. from their area. And Microsoft did something really odd to a lot of people this week. A lot of people, and they just killed it. Sold the whole thing to Facebook. Sold the whole <laughs> thing to Facebook without telling anyone. <laughs> No well, they, prob- they probably told Ninja yeah, no. because Ninja had a $50 million contract with them. Well, no. Well, I even saw that Ninja was like, he found out about it during his live stream. Yeah. And yeah. so he was, he was, a lot of people were going to other people's live streams. They were stating that a lot of these streamers didn't find out about it till while they were live, you know, while live streaming and people were commenting about it. And if I remember correctly, Microsoft announced it via basically a tweet, and that was it. It was, "Hey, yeah. we're quitting Mo- uh, Mixer, and uh, we're gonna we encourage everyone to move to Facebook." Yep, that was it. And from the end s- of announcement. Yeah, end of announcement. Sorry. If, if you had a dedicated contract with us, you are free to pursue other opportunities. Yeah. Um, <sighs> It, it was, it was, it's bad. I mean, this is a horrible 
male genitalia move. <laughs> Thank you for uh, keeping us uh, non-blue there. It's John. not. It's not ten o'clock yet. It's not 10 o'clock yet. Uh, Join (laughs) us for the after party on the Discord, by the way. Dollar a month gets you access to the Discord. uh, And uh, via the Patreon down in the video description below, you literally help me keep the lights on and you get exclusive access to the Discord. You can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, the whole crew. And every Wednesday night, we've been doing uh, an after party over there in the voice chats. Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of been cool. So that's also another special little treat you get. That's right. So um, a lot of people actually, I think last week we had uh, the largest, the largest one we've had. We've there were we, like 17, 18 people, yeah. I think, in the after party and I a know. lot more chatting. I think, so. I think, yeah, a lot of people were chatting. You can do voice or video; it's fine. Uh, usually, the the hosts end up doing videos. Always, you're more than welcome to not show your face, show your face, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I think we even had like two new people show up uh, that just subscribed. Yeah, do that. Um, I got I got six new Patreons last Wednesday during yeah. the show, and so. Uh, but you know, I I usually pimp the Discord as as hard as I can because I'll I'll be perfectly honest, it's the most active Discord I've ever been a part of, it's very and good. it's it's one of the best communities I've ever been a part of. Online, offline, BBS server, and and forward, it is one of the best most awesome communities i've ever oh, been yeah. a part of it, I, and i am i, I am humbled that. and so very proud that it's my community yeah it's um, it's a very nice very diverse very opening very everything i mean you can there are so many areas to talk about where someone is online all the time i mean if you want to hear more about car ranting from jeff or other people <laughs> there is a car section i mean yeah. why does a tech show have a car section uh, there is because movies, <laughs> there is uh, music, there is video games. There, there are almost once a week, there's people there's, like, hey, there's a food and drink play? channel. There's a food there's... and drink channel that basically 90% of the time is like, here's my steak and here's the beer we're having. It's, it's basically like Instagram where John likes to do the, the 45 yeah, oh, off yeah, center. Like 45, uh, yeah, you like that? Extra filtered. Uh, Got to get whole, that 30 tilt in. There's a whole Talking Heads channel where there's so many inside jokes that we're laughing at that you don't know about. <laughs> Uh, there are gifts and memes being created as of as of us live that we cannot share with you. Yeah. Uh, and again, minimum is a dollar. More is appreciated. More is certainly uh, appreciated, but minimum one dollar per mi- month. One dollar yeah. max. One dollar gets you in. Gets you in. Yeah, and we even do meme wars and just there's a humor section, a hardware, a buy and sell, a car area. Um, there, it's, it's literally everything you'd want. Um, so it's it's fantastic. There's a metal section. There is. <laughs> There's a metalhead section. <laughs> yeah, it was music and now it's just metal. It was just general music and it's devolved into <laughs> it's, metal. It's, like, it's all metal right metal? now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, but uh, the mixer uh, thing. Occasionally I'll post like some sick acoustic guitar riff in there, but yeah. <laughs> it's usually all metal. Um, so Microsoft Mixer, back, kind of back to that though. Again, I think I think some of the other really horrible moves that they did was they were saying that they'll even give you uh, a $2,500 bonus if you guarantee that you're going to go to Facebook. Yeah. I mean, that's just a horrible move. It is so weird. And and again, Microsoft has been doing so many good moves lately. Yeah. I have been such a Microsoft fan from so many different avenues um, as of late. 
I love their adoption of open source lately. I love their moves to Linux. Linux I, yeah. I, I, I love the APIs they're releasing. I, I, I love the direction that they're heading with, with just openness in mind. Hey, you can game on the Xbox or you can game on PC. It doesn't matter. They're both Microsoft products. But, you know, you can game on whatever platform you want. You can game from the Windows Store or on Steam or Epic Store or Good Old Games. I don't care. We'll link our online with it because yeah. we want you to be a part of just whatever we're doing. And uh, I wish they would just decide that Windows is now a freemium product where it's free to use and then they collect your data because that would make it so much easier to figure out. Um, but uh, but they haven't. But so many different avenues. I've been very, very impressed with Microsoft. But not everyone in their company talks to every other department in their company. And Mixer is a phenomenal example of that where this is a boneheaded decision. Uh, and... Not, not necessarily a boneheaded decision because I don't think Mixer was really here to stay. They spent a crap ton of money getting Ninja and a couple other personalities over and apparently it didn't return their revenue fast enough and so they're just bailing. Yeah. Um, and someone at Microsoft higher up said, you know, this whole like live streaming thing, it's probably just a fad. Let's get out of it now. And they're bailing on it and they sold the division to Facebook and they said, if we had a contract with you, you're not bound by that contract. If you move over to Facebook and you sign a one-year thing with them, you'll get 2,500 bucks. Ninja, here's 40 million. Have a nice life. Yeah, pretty pretty much. And yeah, a lot of people have basically stated, nope, we're we're going over to Twitch. Keep following us over at Twitch. Right. Um, that I think out of like 30 people that uh, this particular uh, article interviewed, one said yeah. they'll go to Facebook. Uh, by the way, I missed a couple of super chats here. Uh, Big Big Spoon, 13B RX-7 Twin Turbo. I am so jealous because my my RX-7 was a piece of garbage, man. Um, I only owned it for about three months or so. I, I drove it around just as a beater because I needed it. I bought it for $400, so I really got my money's worth out of it. But it was a 12A, not a 13B. But it was the anniversary edition RX, so it had the silver stripe on the top of it. <laughs> so uh That's and it cool. looked good it was a solid body uh i wish i could have kept it i wanted it to be a project car but i needed money to go towards repairing my daily and so i i ended up not keeping it but uh it was a fun car uh difficult nerd uh two dollars american intellectual property law is just broken i'm not gonna get started on the mustang thing again but yes i full heart wholeheartedly agree and also difficult nerd two dollar donation tip for the cat meow 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 thank you rambo <laughs> will eat well tonight Um, so yeah, Mixer is no more. It's, it's literally already dead. You can't go there. No, you, you, can, get a go, you, you can go there. Can I you can still get, go there? I, I went there. I went there this morning to check it out. Okay. And, and there are still videos of people basically complaining. And I, uh, yeah, I think it's complaining like, about how much Mixer sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's, that's how much of a bad move this was for Microsoft. If you were going to pull the plug, pull the web server and go, we're done. Yeah, you, you you're done. It, you can no yeah. longer live stream. Instead, all it is right now is people complaining about how they can't live stream on Mixer anymore. Yeah, it, it was, and how Microsoft is such a such hot garbage and and whatnot. You should never use any of their products anymore. And I'm gonna boycott Microsoft. You're hosting your own demise. Why are you doing? That? I know it, it was dumb. I I clicked on three different channels to like just to, what what's going on because I, I read the article and I was like, okay, let, let me take a look. Yeah, and actually, honestly, uh, until now, I never even heard of Mixer. I had heard of it. I, I'm not necessarily a live gamer. I, I don't watch a lot of live streams. Number one, I don't even have time to game for myself. Yeah. I'm like, hell am I going to watch some jackass live stream? Exactly. Uh, it's just not my jam. 
you know, I I I would much rather I, I, play never a game even if I have thought the time of like that being any. I just I don't know. So watching a game, I I understand watching a game that I'm playing with a big group. I can understand that, mm-hmm. but watching someone else play and being like, "This is entertaining," I've never mm-hmm. got that. Yeah, and and I get that it is entertaining, but it's it's not for me. You know, I I'm not a streamer. I you know I I like talking more than I like playing the games yeah um and and i i was always the oldest child so i always got to play the game and my my brothers had to watch you know and so uh so i'm kind of that attitude where i would rather play the game than watch someone else play the game i'm I'm sure my younger brother watches twitch all the time I'm, i'm sure that's totally cool with him but it's just not my jam and it never has been. Um, but I do get there's entertainment value there, especially if you get a good personality. And Ninja was certainly a good personality. And, and so were many, many other streamers that are on there. I've, I've watched a couple of streams and I get the personality aspect, but I don't, I don't understand the just watch me while I play a game. I, it's just this weird paradigm that I've never understood. Yeah, I mean, like, um, what what tech channel would sit there and be like, invite you to be like, hey, check out me playing Mario Kart on my Nintendo Switch? I mean, that, although I invite I just, you to just sit here and watch me. So, yeah, you, well, I, mean, I, I there 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 are tech there are tech. <laughs> you're all excused for having bad taste. There are there are tech channels out there that like a guy drinks Bud Light and invites you to watch him you know, play Nintendo Switch Mario Kart, and but doesn't invite you to play. Uh, I mean, the, I just, the, the Mixer homepage is full of thumbnails that say, follow me on Twitch right yeah, now. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that was the other thing. All, all, all of the titles are, remember to follow me on Twitch on this. Yeah. Yep. Jeff handed the non-working controller to his younger brother. You're darn right I did. <laughs> that one where the B button was always stuck. <laughs> no, it was, here, I'll play the same. Here, you can be Tails. Yeah, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> that was totally me. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jeff, what kind of phone do you have? Um, I have a Pixel 3a. Do you? You you didn't adopt the, uh, you know, twelve hundred dollar uh, Android S whatever latest three ninety nine, buddy. Oh, what? Wait, you don't yep. you don't have a terabyte and a half of storage, though? <laughs> no, I've got two fifty six, I think. Oh no, it's 64 in this one. That's right. My, my, uh, uh, God rest of my essential phone had 128. Uh, uh, but no, I've got the, the 64 model. Um, but Hey, I've got almost unlimited Google cloud storage. So yeah, what do nice. I need local storage for? Oh, we've got internet. <laughs> right. Right. Thanks right? Comcast. Right. Comcast. <laughs> I always have internet, right? Um, but no, uh, I put this story in because I found this interesting because I've struggled with this myself. Um, for years and years and, and years and years and years, I was an AT&T customer. Well, let me go back. First, I was an AT&T customer, and then I was a Singular customer, and then I was an AT&T customer again, none of that by my choosing. So that's how long I've been an AT&T customer for. Um, finally, I got fed up with AT&T price hikes year over year, and I finally dropped their service, and I switched over to Google Fi. And uh, I've been a Google Fi customer since about November. Uh, October, November, I think this last year I switched over and I've been very happy with it. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, it's just what I chose. And my bill went down from got $165 a month for a hotspot and two phones to my last cell phone bill was like 85 bucks and it's unlimited data. And your first 20 gigs is, is, is full speed. And then they'll throttle you after 20 gigs. 
That's the deal. Or no, it, no, sorry. It's $35 base payment and then it's $10 per gig, max of 10 gigs is what you pay for your whole plan. And so the most my cell phone bill can ever be is $135. I think my last one was like 85 bucks. Uh, I had one that was, I think, 40 to $47 in March because I didn't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> and I never used data. Um, maybe that was April. But it was one of those months where it's like, I was always home. So I was always on Wi-Fi. And hey, my cell phone bill is like 42 bucks. Um, but yeah, I'm a Google Fi subscriber. I'm a Google Fi user. But I've also been a longtime Google Voice user. Um, and the problem was my Google voice number, which is what I give to all my vendor contacts is, was tied to my AT&T number. Um, because you had to tie a Google voice number to a physical phone number, either a cell phone or a landline. However, when I switched over to Google Fi, that number could only receive text messages or, or phone calls through the Google voice app on my phone. It couldn't be forwarded to the cell service through Google Fi because they considered those two different companies and they didn't talk to each other. <laughs> and so it said, you know, I tried to register a Google voice number and it said, oh, give us the phone number that you want to fit it to. And I type in my cell phone number and it said, sorry, that's a Google Fi number. <laughs> you know, go away. Um, well, now you can tie a Google voice number to a Google Fi number. Finally, the two sides of the same company are going to talk to each other and they're going to say, oh yeah, you can use our service at the same time. So suddenly my Google voice number works again. So if you couldn't call me over the last couple of months, sorry, now you can. <laughs> so they I put this in there because there's a couple percents of the population that might have Google Fi service that this might've been an issue for. I know I'm kind of in the minority in that I had Google voice and relied on it as a daily service, as well as having Google Fi. There's not a lot of us, but there's like dozens. Um, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden Google decided yeah, we're a, we're an official cell provider now. You can link it to Google Fi or Google Voice. Google, Google Voice, yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, you know, it might it might also pick back up or it might pick up is the thing um, because they're piggybacking on other cellular networks, and I think right now they're only on AT and T, but they I think they are in negotiations with basically all the other major brands, and if they get right. that. Google Fi might be the big thing to go and take, you know, next to Virgin or whatever. You know, if you want that I guess, third party, I guess, if they right. a third party. Um, um, at that time. I, I will say uh, in Oregon, especially when you get rural, the coverage is terrible. Yeah. If you're in an urban area and I live in the state capital, um, it's pretty darn good. It's just as good as it was with AT&T. Well, um, I, I will say, you know, I mean, mostly even the major ones, if we go on the coast, as far as I know, AT&T is the only one that does good on the coast. AT&T does very well on the coast. There's Verbal. places Verizon picks up in the state that AT&T just doesn't venture. Yeah. Um, I, I know uh, Highway 58, Verizon is very prominent when there's no AT&T towers there. Yeah. Um, there, There's also uh, uh, regions of Eastern Oregon where Verizon is just prevalent. Uh, I will say Google Fi, still better coverage than Sprint. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Google Fi has been working amazingly well for me. Um, the only reason I still kept my Google voice number is because it was still, I had originally tied it to my AT&T number and the number still existed because I ported that number to Google Fi and it just said, oh, you can't port that number anymore, but we still have it ported. So you don't lose it. 
And so I've kept my number and it still works. I, I don't know how that worked, but I'm going to re-forward it just in case it didn't work and just in case there's some flag in the system that I have to re-forward it to. Um, uh, Google Fi is T-Mobile and Sprint. They are, they are based on some of the same bandwidths, but they do have, uh, I believe, some contracts with Verizon regional yeah, like, AT&T. Uh, it I, all depends on the region. I, and where I, you're and at. I, like I said, I, I'm pretty sure of what I read was they're in the works to do a national piggyback on everyone right now yeah. as the T-Mobile Sprint is their big one. I think that's the one they're going nationally. They have national wise. And like you said, there are little hotspots here or there. Uh, BDBD16, you didn't have to put that in text form. I'm well aware we have reached 9.46 uh, time on the stream, and I'm well aware the hiccups have hit me. You, you didn't have to. I live in the capital. I know. <laughs> well, then, speaking of hiccups, then we can transition into something a bit lighter then to talk about. Heck yes. We have a little beer news for we you. We do have a little beer news for you. And it's kind of a, I don't know, I, I thought this was interesting. I, I saw it out there because right now beer news is really hard to find in this particular climate of everything that's going on. Because everyone just went, crap, we just had to dump all of our kegs. Number one, we're not going to spend a single cent on marketing. Yeah. Number two, the kegs we didn't dump, we're trying to put into cans before they expire so we can get them out to stores and maybe they'll sell. Yeah. So that's like all of the beer news for the last three months. Yeah, kind of... yeah, really. I mean, I, I, there was one of like, uh, I didn't post it, but yeah, it essentially was that there were like a spike of 500% of patents on beer art and beer names for can yeah. art because that's how you have to do if you can it, it has to go through the process. Right. Um, it, it has to be certified by, uh, by ATC. Yeah, exactly. Um, Whereas a keg inside doesn't. of the US, right. Uh, yeah, a keg is just a keg. You can you can promote it however you want on posters and in the tap yeah. rooms and artwork and everything else. If it's canned, every single alcoholic container that is sold at retail has to go through an approval process for every size, yeah. every container, every, every every article that's on it has to be certified by the ATC. Everything. Yeah. And and all of a sudden there's a 500% influx because people have all these beers that are traditionally draft only. They now have to can. Yeah, and and like you were talking about last week with Steve, there's just been a surge of can off-premise sales. Yeah, uh, because of this, and uh, a lot of companies that will fantastically been able to stay afloat. Um, yes. Some haven't, but that's just the way it is. I've been giving as many of the local breweries all the money that I can. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, these, that's a Washington and Oregon brewery. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, so yeah, three, ma three magnets, heck, you know, cold fire, Eugene, Oregon, Eugene, you know, yeah. they're like I, I said, all of my beer that I've been drinking lately is Eugene, Salem, Portland. That's yeah. all it is. So, uh, um, a couple of bends. Yeah. Um, sorry, Ben, you, you get the, the short end of the state, <laughs> but uh, there's a Australian brewery that's doing something interesting. Um, that is not virus related um it's kind of nice uh <laughs> so they're actually trying this seems to... like a detour from our normal beer news. right exactly so i was just like <laughs> i will at least put this up um they're actually doing something pretty interesting with algae yeah uh, um yeah when i first read that i was like 
right, is there an algae beer? Okay, I drink that. And that was my first thought without right. the article. I'll, I'll go for that. Go for no, that. it's more than that. It's the chemical process in which they're inducing the algae into the alcohol. Yeah. Like, so, it's crazy. It's it's really crazy. So what they're actually doing is they're partnering with a university in um, Australia. And I forget the actual university's name. But Young Henry's, they're doing a year-long study uh, two and a half uh, or a year long study of uh, injecting algae through the brewing process and fermenting process to reduce their CO2 process. Uh, UT Sydney. UT Sydney. Okay. To reduce their carbon emissions and uh, basically make it a zero carbon emission brewery because mm-hmm. uh, the uh, carbon emissions it takes to uh, carbonate a six pack takes a single tree two days to kill and so what they're trying to do with just algae is make it a zero admissions brewery um it's kind of an interesting re kind of an interesting talk about because algae in itself gets a bad rep because most of the time it usually means infection or it algae is a thing. bad word in in fermentation yes and it's a bad word and and so this is pretty interesting. I mean, I would actually really like to see a green beer. There is a picture of the guy and the beer is like um, Slimer Ghostbusters green. Yeah. Um, I would, I would yeah, love. By the way, go back. We'll go back to this picture. That's the, the beer that they're, that they're producing. Yeah. No, I mean, you can, you can see that's the beer. That's, that's the carbonate. That, that's leveler. Teenage Min- Mutant Ninja Turtles. The ooze. ooze. Yeah, exactly. The ooze. Secret of the ooze. So I would, I would love to see what uh, this beer tastes like, if it does anything different to it. Um, but they're stating that, yeah, no, they're seeing at least a 50% drop in CO2 emissions, and they think they can get it down to an even, uh, even zero uh, emissions, if not even like producing more oxygen than, mm-hmm. um, you know, what they're exponing into CO2 or carbon emissions. So that would be really cool because then that can be used all over the place um all over different breweries i thought this was a really interesting cool article um to kind of just help global climate or anything just just to be i i like companies even to say like look we're trying to be as clean as possible i like that so and the fact that it has to do with beer even better so uh, yeah, but if you are an Australian follower of Jeff's of Craft Computing, which we know we have a few of, let us know. Some There's are a decent are. number of you guys. Exactly. So let us know if you can get a hold of Young Henry's beer, um, or if it's something that you live around or have heard of this already. Um, let us know. Yeah, it'd be it'd be yep. pretty cool. The, the, I, I, w- I would chat. love to crack open a neon green Australian beer right? here here on the channel. I might even let John try it. Oh, thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Um, well, you share only the best with me. I figured. Uh... <laughs> well, I have I have so many wonderful things. That's the bad part. <laughs> it's during this whole time of the, the live stream. I'm like, hey, Jeff, check out all this cool beer I have. Ah, it's yeah. too bad I can't share it with you. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, hey, Jeff. It's probably all going to be gone by the time I, we I can. I started buying liquor. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be gone by the time. Hey, John, I have a 14-year Glenfiddich right there. All right. It's in frame. Yeah, 14 yeah. 14-year year, 14 in bourbon barrel and an extra year in new oak. 
I, I have a that's what that bottle is. I, I have a 14 year <laughs> 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 Oh, that's great. Uh, yes, um, but but it's but, 953 and I'm out of beer. My, mine's rum. Um, I have the uh, the Tullamore Dew rum barrel aged scotch. That okay. that's that's my jam lately. So uh well you you beat me. Um go ahead, get one. I'll do our last beer news. It's a really quick one. All right. Um, yeah, and you can go go ahead and do that. So our uh, we do also have, or Jeff, I should say, ha- also has a few uh, UK viewerships, and I think there is going to be something to celebrate for you guys. Um, as we will celebrate July Fourth, you will now also have something to celebrate about, and that is pubs. Pubs can be are going to be reopening, and you can go out and have a decent beer at a pub and not be sitting at home you can go hang out with your mates and the best part is too now the restrictions on that on july 4th will now be the social distancing will be limited from six to three feet so you can then still hang out with your mates i still highly highly recommend if you are going to be doing that still use uh really good caution really good uh measures and respect other people's uh spaces on top of that but UK, uh, you are awesome. That the fact that you get to go to a pub and we can't. Yes, exactly. How dare you? Yep. But at least your beer's warm. Ours cold. That's right. Man, not a boo boo. Stick your head in doo doo. <laughs> exactly. What'd you get? Uh, beer number three. I think I've had this one on the show once before. Uh, Undercurrent IPA. Who's that by? Uh, Bent River Brewing. It's a 6.8% 66 IBU. Uh, they are out of, where is it at? Rock Island, Illinois. Oh, not supporting local, Jeff. No, I'm not. Uh, well, to be fair, my wife bought this as a birthday present in February. Uh, and it is a beer subscription service. And so I got three cases of beer over three months. And so this is one of the beers that I got in there. Okay. So I mean, I'll let it slide. It was pre pre COVID, <laughs> you know. Okay, uh, you can... and and then I will say, you know, Jason sent me, you know, sixty three oh. bottles of uh, of uh, Kansas's finest. Well, you know, it was so funny as as you're going, which is all the beer that Kansas was able to produce in that amount of time. I know. Well, it's actually kind of funny because as you were uh, showing that off, I was like. You know we can get half of that at John's Marketplace, right? <laughs> I, know, I know. I was going, oh, it's a decent... I've seen that bottle before. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had seen that. that one before. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> yep. All right. By the way, there's the pour. Not too bad. Is that a nitro with that head, Jeff? Jeez. No, it's not. <laughs> All right. John? Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, actually, I actually have a, a cool... Um, I'd like to release it next week. Uh, a cool beer trick video. Yeah. To, to uh, yeah. Are you gonna do the? No, no, not that. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't. I have, I have only seen one person do this trick. Okay. And so okay. I've, I've been practicing it. And I, I am intrigued. It's an, it's a, it's a really simple trick, and it's kind of a, it's a, it's a bartender trick. Okay. So. I, I do like bartender tricks. It's a bar- you you it's, know me. Yeah, you it's know a, me. It's a bartender. It's a bartender beer trick. Uh, I will hopefully have it out next week. Um, 
as I have ran out of the particular beer I need. So, um, but okay. Dif- uh, Difficult Nerd says we had people protesting against IPA beers in Australia because it was a reminder of colonial times and systemic racism because <laughs> the British Empire used to own India. <laughs> Okay. I I will say if if, if you want to know my feelings on that, join the Discord. We actually had a very pleasant conversation earlier this evening in which I voiced it, I want to say quite eloquently. Um, But I think that's taping it about two leaps too far. Yeah. If that's me. (laughs) That's a... (laughs) That's a... Wow. That's a... Yeah, that's a stretch. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, Enjoy your beer. Who pours better, John or Jeff? I don't think there's any any question there. Yeah, this guy. John. Oh, come on. That's me. Oh, come on. Every time. Every time. John. Hundred percent. Watch this. John. Okay. Okay. Joining us now is John. Uh, Oh. By the way, that's where my beer is still at. Should I go do that? I should do that one. Look at that. Look at that pour. Tell me there's a better pour for a 12-ounce beer into a pint glass. And yes, by the way, we will be in the after show here in probably about five or six minutes. So, uh, John's Marketplace sounds like where I'd meet John for some sketchy merchandise. Uh, you're exactly right. Uh, John sells crack-laced beer uh, down around the corner. And for $5 extra, he will... Uh, Make sure to, you know, send you on your way with, uh, you know, whatever extras you decide to negotiate out in the parking lot. Um, people protest any stupid stuff nowadays. Eh. The protests going on aren't exactly stupid right now. I'll say that. Um, uh, are we actually about to do a pouring contest? Uh, well, John feels... John feels like I, I questioned his manhood. There, are are so. you are you praising my pouring skills? No, Alan says, are we really going to have a pouring contest right now? And I said, well, John feels like I questioned his manhood all of a sudden. So, oh, manhood is just a fact. Waiting. Okay, let's let's full screen this thing. Waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I want to see the can upside down. I want to see the can upside down, Jonathan. You didn't put it. <laughs> yes. Hey, that's, the, that's upside down. There you go. Still perfect. I saw that slosh. That was a little bit. That's because I, I saw you miss. It's still, it's still. You hit straight everything. up missed. Oh, crap. Whatever. Anyways, pistachio cream ale. Cream ale pistachio. Okay. Yes. Getting into the fruity beers. I mean, the. Nutty. The nutty beers. Is pistachio a nut? No, it's, it's not. No, it's not. It grows off. Is it? I'm thinking cashew. Cashew, cashew's not a nut. Yeah. Pistachio's a nut. Pistachio's a nut. It's got a shell. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of pistachio. <laughs> uh, so we were talking about uh, how John's Marketplace sounds like where you'd meet John for some sketchy merchandise. That's an interesting beer. Yeah? Well, it's pistachio. We've already established that. I like pistachios. (laughs) 
What's funny is the beer is in focus now and you are not. How it should be. <laughs> Honestly, actually, I, that's, I mean, if you were looking for like, I want to know what pistachio tastes like in a beer. Ah, that's pistachio. It's pistachio. <laughs> it's pistachio. Um, I have some pistachio pudding up in the fridge if uh, if I need to like compare that. So this is 5.5, 15 IBUs. I was looking for something a little bit lighter. Civil chimes in and says, pistachios are not a true botanical nut. In fact, they are the edible seeds of the pistachio tree fruit. See, I thought that was... Uh... Is it? Pistachios are seeds of the fruit. Okay, so they are seeds, not a nut. Yep. yep. Okay. Yeah, peanuts also aren't technically a nut. Yeah, peanuts are not nuts, and neither are cashews. I knew that. Right. right. Uh, pistachios, uh, I was... Almonds are nuts. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Um, 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 filberts, or as we filberts. like... Filberts, yep. Yeah. We call them filberts. We call... I know. That's like... I don't know why anyone else calls it anything else. Hazelnuts for no, those not in the Northwest. Yes. Filberts. Filberts. Walnuts. It's the one regional thing we have. You will respect it. Mm-hmm. Marionberry. Everyone respects Marionberry. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Everyone respects Marionberry. Yeah. Which is just Blackberry. Blackberry. <laughs> it's just. No, it's freaking Marionberry. It's Marionberry. I think it was. Um... Oh, who's that guy who does Hell's Kitchen? That chef. Oh, uh, bah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, he he did like a a, a Marionberry pie or something like that, and he's like, no. "These taste just like blackberries. They're just they're just blackberries." I'm like, "Heck no! They're <laughs> Marionberries! Damn you! <laughs> you British bastard!" Yeah, exactly. It was like imported, and they're Gordon like, Ramsay. Gordon yeah. Ramsay, thank you. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay. He was like doing one of those like restaurant rescues. Yeah, and it was in in England. Yeah, and they were like one of the big things was a Marionberry pie because yeah. it was Marionberry's imported. So I was like, hey, this is exotic. He's like, it's just blackberries. Yep. No, they're not. How dare you? It's like the uh, the Ireland beer that we had that was uh, Mosaic and Simcoe and Lups. Yeah. <laughs> exotic. They grow those here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, you pay for that import price. And everything. <laughs> like, what, why did I pay this? This this tastes like my homebrew. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> uh, who was that? Funky? That that sent us that? Funkabunk? I think it was Funky, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one one of our our Discord peeps sent us some uh, some beer from Ireland, and it was from hops that literally grow like three miles from John's house. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> try some try some Ireland beer. That's eh, Willamette Valley beer. Willamette Valley beer. Yeah, I think it's I think good. It, was, it was like Mosaic Citra Willamette or something like that. It yeah, Cascade. And I was like, yeah, you know, those are grown like right next to my house and Jeff's house, right? Yeah. Literally, I drive I, by that field every day. Yeah, so that, I think I think so they picked even, those hops, yeah. sold them to Ireland for you to send me a can of. I know. I think it even it stated amazing. like hops from Oregon, the North, yeah, Pacific Northwest, something like yeah. that. And I was like, yeah, we we live right next to like the number one producer of that hop. Right. It was awesome. 
Anyway, we have two very quick stories, and then we're going to jump over to the after show. By the way, join the Patreon if you want access to the after show inside the Discord. And watch uh, us finish our third drinks. That's right. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons from EA will have no microtransactions. I kind of like this. I did like the this idea of basically that the concept is is back that old school gaming concept of the first person shooter. You like, buy the game, you own the game. That's the game. Nothing else is going to happen. I like I like that. So it there's no going to be like oh if you buy this package you're going to get this gun. No no no. Right. You're gonna go through the game. Your beer's still in focus, John. Or you're just the perfect amount of focus for where you're at right now. I, I'm that no. It's it's the level of drunkenness that my eyes see. Mm-hmm. is really what my camera is so um but yeah <laughs> um no i i really like this about the game you're buying it's it's 40 bucks you're getting a good quality game that's what they're you're buying the game it's this game there's no extras there's no microtransactions any yeah. dlc will be massive edition dlc and will cost less than the price of the game is kind of what they're saying and yeah. it's because of the backlash they received for battlefront mm-hmm. and battlefront 2 this is directly tied to that. Yep. All of a sudden, you got a full single-player campaign in whatever the last game EA came out with was. I don't remember the Star Wars game, sorry. Um, but uh, all of a, And all of a sudden, Star Wars Squadrons, which was probably designed to be a microtransaction heyday for EA, is now a, buy the game, you own it. Yeah. This no. is the game as we intended to deliver it. No microtransactions, no anything else. No, I like that. And I, I'm looking forward to hearing how well the game plays. Yeah, it's basically like, we think this is a good game. It's worth 40 bucks. Try right. it. At 40 bucks, I'll buy this one. Yeah. So. When this was announced, I went, I, I am such a fan of the Rogue Squadron, the, you know, the, those types of yeah. games. I loved those games when I was younger. And... And I saw this game announced and my heart immediately like jumps into my throat and went, oh, that takes me right back. And then I went, oh, right. EA owns them now. I'm never going to enjoy it. Yeah. Because some, some, some kid's going to spend $200 and be the best day one. Right. Exactly. And, and, uh, and I went, I don't, number one, I'm not going to buy microtransaction products. I'm not going to do it. And if Battlefront is any indication... I'm never going to get anywhere in this game because, you know, I'm not going to purchase the Darth Vader thing and be able to just dominate on everyone. And if anyone in my match does, I'm a freaking dead man and I'm not going to enjoy the game. So I'm not going to play it. Yeah. And, and then they came out with no microtransactions. I may buy this game now. Yeah. Flat out. Yeah. And when it comes to games, I'm a consumer like you guys. Like I need to buy games for benchmark titles, but I won't buy games just to be benchmark titles. I buy games that I want to play. Well, um, yeah, and and the next part too is forty bucks. On top of this, forty bucks is a decent price. I forty mean, bucks is like fifteen dollars to kidney. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Well, I mean, like most AAA games, they're fifty nine ninety nine now. You know, mm-hmm. it's an extra. So this is they're fifty nine ninety nine for the base game. It's eighty nine ninety nine for like the deluxe. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. So so for day a, one edition from Best Buy, a forty dollar. I really hope. I really hope this is a thing from EA stating, "Look, we kind of learned our lesson. We're not saying that, but you know, we learned our lesson. We'll give this to you, okay." And honestly, they'll probably make more in the if they expansion packs and everything else too. Yeah. They'll make they'll make just as much if they stretch it out a few years and then that way too they don't have probably have to push their publishers too hard to be like we need another game in two years no this could make it four years 
five years if it is a good playable game you know so yeah that that's been fun uh i really hope i i hope it turns out great i hope it is a fun game and everything else and the last bit of news that we have is a quick bit of news that the if 2020 hall of fame video game inductees yes if, if you haven't noticed so the one thing that's interesting i did find about this featuring this a yeah it, composite it was, input pac-man redo yeah it's it's crap um well no so no no, no. The, the the game that that was just a, a just just the screenshot the great that's that's not the game that's not it, the games i got in it uh, triggers me it triggers you it so, triggers me so so this so the video game hall of fame has only been around for five years so there's a brand new thing i went and looked up the inductees for all five years yeah I don't know. There's some really controversial, like they don't deserve it. Um, I, and, I'll, I'll, so I have not read this list. John posted this very late. I didn't get a chance to thumb through it even. Um, so I'm seeing this for the first time. So I'm going to scroll down and I'm going to tell you down. whether I agree or disagree. Oh, okay? I, Is that I, fair? I'll give you, there's four of them there. You might okay. only agree on one. Okay. Um, Bejeweled, I'm going to say straight out, I kind of agree. Really? I kind of agree for Bejeweled. Bejeweled was quite the phenomenon when it when it came out. Yes, but a Hall of Fame right now? It, Bejeweled was on the level of like popularity of the original Pac-Man. Everyone knows what Bejeweled is and yeah. everyone has played it. I mean, my mom, everyone. Played, it. My mom played it. Your mom played Bejeweled. Yeah. The only other game your mom has ever played in her life was Miss Pac-Man at the Skate Center. Probably, yeah. Exactly. Bejeweled? belongs on this list okay then maybe that's what i'll say then two 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 games number two centipede um ooh, that centipede's a tough one centipede i kind of agree with but i can also see it was never even the most popular among the atari base no it wasn't and this isn't the one i'm thinking of this so. feels like a stretch centipede feels like a stretch um because it was so simplistic and and i don't think really groundbreaking it didn't change anything about the games and if you're talking about the era that it was released in i have a hard time with well the only thing with the area it was released in, i think the transition was the controller was that knob right it, it was in the transition era yeah. between between our it was what 1982 or something like 80, that 84 85 82 84 it was late in the middle 19, area between arcade fandom and and what developed into Nintendo and home Atari fandom with not, the 2600 and later than yes. 1980 1980 1980 okay 80. so it was it was still early on in, yeah, in that it, it's but that the console wars arcade. were 82 to 86 yeah so it, and and so this is before the console wars and wasn't really like a remarkable title yeah. in the arcade or in the Atari no, no, space it, it, so, so I, my, I have a hard time with this one my next one is the one I I, I agreed with King's Quest, I agree with. That's 100% the one I, that's agree, the with one I agree with. 100% agree with King's Quest. Yeah. Um, uh, the only one that's kind of iffy in that one is King's Quest 8 because it was not a great King's Quest game, but it was an okay game. But they're but not saying... 1 through 7, solid choice. They're not saying 7 or... It's 1. Just King's Quest. King's Quest. One. Just the yeah. original King's Quest? Just the original. I agree. Yeah, I agreed with that. That was the one I thought you would have probably yep. agreed with. That's yep. the one I agreed with. Minecraft? You have to give it to Minecraft. This early though? Yes. Uh, I, I, okay. It's been it's been 13 years. 2009. Okay, so 11 years. 11 years. 
Okay. Uh, Minecraft are... has been a 10-year phenomenon. How yeah. can you not? That's my be, question to be, you. Because I, I guess for me, it is, if you, again, for you. What other at... game has a 10-year longevity? No, 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 no. What, what, that, what? That's that's a two-hand conversation, John. I, I get that. No, but Single my, game. My point, my point was um, looking at, this is Hall of Fame stuff. So it's usually talking about stuff way beyond that, that, that paved the way for gaming now the video game hall of fame is a five-year-old industry started right. in 2015 okay the, the <laughs> fact that this game then got in there versus and if you if you go look in the past because that's what i had to go do with this article that's why i kind of kind of found it interesting to post was um like smash brothers was up during this stuff smash brothers melee was up and minecraft beat it out and i was like I don't know about that. Street Fighter barely beat this. Over a single title. Smash Brothers has been out longer, but it has had more individual titles. There, There's the N64 original yes, version. Yes. There's Melee. There's there's the Wii version. There's, you know, but, but Switch I think, version. But it also built a generation. I know. As an individual single title, yeah, it, it's whole, held its longevity. But, but Smash Brothers, the original Smash Brothers does not have the long-lasting reputation that Minecraft does. But neither it, that is, neither does King's Quest. I both agree and disagree because King's Quest was also one of the first adventure-based graphical It games. was one, but it doesn't hold its longevity to where, to where but Melee... To, to, or, to, to be Smash a Hall Brothers. of Famer, you have to have longevity or you have to be a trendsetter. Minecraft has both. So, Minecraft has both. I, I know. I'm going plenty, to give it to Minecraft. I know plenty. Hang on, hang on. All right, this is gonna I will give it to Minecraft, and this may be controversial over Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers was the Nintendo concept of a fighting game. Minecraft was a 100% unique original idea that has 11 years of fanatical following. Hang on, hang on. All right, okay. you. John, you cannot argue with the numbers. I can't argue. Hang on. All right, sorry. Hang on. Uh, I saw this. A billion uh, people have played Minecraft. All right. All right. So here was the list of nominees for 2000. Now, there's technically like seven versions of Minecraft if you want to go beta yeah. versus release, so, if you want so, to go Xbox so 360 I, or Pocket Edition. If and, you... and, and, so, so here it was the 2011 edition of Minecraft that mm -hmm. got introduced. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, uh, it was John. I played Minecraft and hosted a server for 30 people in 2011. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. So it beat out. That's me. It beat. I'm going to tell you the games it beat okay, out. Okay. Go for or, it. Or, so these four games beat out these other games. Okay. Okay. Super Smash Brothers Melee 2001. So that would yep. be the second Super Smash Brothers. Second Super, Super Smash, right. So all four of these games beat that game out. Okay. Okay, Frogger, 1981. Mm -hmm. Goldeneye, uh, oh, to, you know, Goldeneye Nintendo. Goldeneye 60. deserves to be on the list. And okay, Guitar Hero, first edition, NBA Jam, the Nokia Snake from the phone, the Nokia Snake phone, Uncharted 2, Among mm -hmm. Thieves, 2019, and Where in the World is Carmen San Diego, 1985. Okay, all four of those games. Beat Uncharted list. Uncharted 2 does not belong on that list. No, I, I agree with that one. Uncharted 2 does not belong on that list. 
It's a good game. It's a great game. It's a great story. It is not a generational game. No, it's a great story. It is story. not a trend-setting game. It is not the first adventure game. Prince of Persia is Better. the same genre yeah. as Uncharted. And yeah. Uncharted was a very good version of Prince of Persia. It was, it was a very Jones good version of, of Assassin's Persia. Creed. Yeah. yeah. But it's just another version. Yeah. And while it was great, it was one of the best examples of that genre. Now, now... It is. It was not a trendsetter that all those other games were. No, 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 I can agree with every other game, and I can argue for every other game on that list. I can argue for 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 Goldeneye. Goldeneye Gold? was the first console first-person shooter local multiplayer that took off. Now, yeah, it was the now, okay. first one. Do you think Gold? Now, I would have said Frogger over Centipede. I would have said. Frogger. I'd say Frogger over Centipede. Centipede. I don't know how Centipede won over Frogger. I don't know how that is. Gold because Frogger started to introduce a lot of the platform elements that we know and love I, today. I would have put, Frogger led to Super Mario and 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 Donkey Kong. I would have put. I would really put did. Out, I would have put out Guitar Hero or Goldeneye above Bejeweled. Um, I would have, and I wouldn't have, because Bejeweled had a wider fan base than Goldeneye did. Your mom has played Bejeweled on it Facebook, had, but there was if you're looking at the video things. gaming Hall of Fame. And you're looking at it from a broad scope. You have to include all genres. And Bejeweled had a larger user base and a larger and a and a longer continuation of fandom than Goldeneye did. Goldeneye Although, has a very soft spot in a lot of our hearts. It does, really does. But but no, I, I you know like Guitar Hero though. That's an interesting one because how is Halo One not on that list? That's what no, I want. No, okay, okay. This is just class of 2020. Uh, hang on. Uh, let me go look. Okay, Halo so was probably already inducted. Let me. Nope, nope. It's only been five years. All right. So 2019s were were Microsoft. Okay, we're going a little long, so we need to cut this off here pretty right. quick. 2019s inductees were Microsoft Solitaire, Mortal Kombat, uh, mm -hmm. Colossus Cave Adventure, and Super Mario Kart, uh, the 92 one. Um, uh, Colossus, I have a little bit of a problem with, but it all depends on what it beat out that year. Like I can half, see it, it but beat I half life. It beat Half Life. Oh, that's just straight up BS. Yeah, all right, and I agree with that. It beat this list is invalidated. I'm closing the window. It beat up Candy Crush. Um, all right, all right. 2018 Final Fantasy VII, Space Wars, Tomb Raider, and John Madden Football, the original. That's a good list. Uh, 2017 Donkey Kong, Halo Combat Evolved. Yeah, that's that's Halo CE. That's Halo One. Okay. And then Street Fighter 2 World Edition, uh, Pokemon Red and Green. Okay. Or, and it's hard to argue that list. Yeah. And I'll just say 2016, we'll call it good. Legend yep. of Zelda, great. The original Legend Original of Zelda, Zelda. Yep. Oregon Trail, great. Yep. The Sims, original, 2000. Yep. Yep. Sonic the Hedgehog, original, and Space Invaders. Okay. I, I, oh, uh, Grand Theft Auto three squeaked in there. three yes do you know why gta 3 no it took top down to 3d oh oh okay. first it was the first open world game that took top down to 3d all right and then here is the very first inductees now now let uh i'm assuming like Ocar ocarina of time is on 2015 i'm a no really Wow. Okay. Read me, all, read me 2015. All, all good. All good. All of them. Okay. Are yeah. Pac-Man. Yeah. Pac-Man. Pong, Pong. Super Mario Brothers. Tetris. World of Warcraft. 
can't argue with that. That's year one. I, that was year one. Yeah. So I cannot argue with that. The only the only title on this list that I argue with on on all of the lists. Yeah. Centipede and Colossus. Those yeah. are the only two problems yeah. I have. I can agree. Because I feel Half Life was bigger, and I feel, you know, probably Ocarina of Time. Was yeah, should should have should have been a, the cool thing is they, they have a hard time arguing for anything else that's on this list. Yeah, really so the, the cool thing is they seem to incorporate. Hey, if you made it to the final list last year, we automatically include you into a list for next year. Right. So that seems to be pretty cool. But yeah. um, maybe next year we'll see what the twenty one class of video game Hall of Fame is. That's right. This actually article came out to be a little bit more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. See? <laughs> Anytime you can bring debate into an article, I, I think it works out for the best. Yeah. Anyway, this Anyways. has been episode 138 of Talking Heads here on Craft Computing. Make sure to like this video if you liked it and subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Subscribe over to Hops and Brews. That's that right. Side. If you haven't done so already, if you like the beer content on this show, he goes much deeper than I could ever dream of and uh, does it with about 50% of the production value. <laughs> Even less. <laughs> I take Jeff's like old, old, old hand-me-downs, and then I use those. He's using my Elgato Cam Link right now. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm like three generations beyond. Um, and I'm like, I got new equipment. <laughs> yeah, you're looking pretty sexy on that 35 millimeter lens, John. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, at least I got good glass and a good camera. You do have good glass. You have really good glass. Uh, John shoots on like the same quality glass as I do. And he shoots and he shoots in 4k. It's hard to deny that. Yeah. Um, and he's got a freaking backlight. Like what the heck is that? Um, it's the hair. It's, it's got to bring out the hair. <laughs> I need, I need that halo is what it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, make sure to subscribe to hops and brews, subscribe Go to Hops computing. Like Follow it. me on Twitter at craft computing. <laughs> Follow John on Twitter at hops and brews. And uh, if you like the show, think about joining the Patreon down in the video description. You'll get exclusive access to the Discord server, helps me keep the lights on around here, and gets you exclusive access to myself, John, Rhett, Steve, the whole crew here at Craft Computing. And uh, thank you so much for watching. As always, we'll see you next week. See you in the after show in about five minutes. Yep. See you guys there.